This is Jocko Podcast number 93. With Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. I was lucky and blessed to have had the honor to serve in the United States military during a time of war. I fought alongside U.S. Army soldiers, sailors, and Marines on violent battlefields. And I saw with my own eyes my generation of warriors uphold the proud tradition of the American fighting man. America's military has a storied history of bravery, ingenuity, and grit. But its most important tradition is the tradition of victory. America's military wins wars. It is as simple as that. If our nation deems it morally right, and existentially necessary, then our military is unstoppable. Of course, and rightfully so, the credit for victory is often given to the men on the front lines, to those that are taking the fight to our nation's enemies in close combat. that credit is well-deserved. But it is not the only credit that needs to be bestowed. Because it is a simple fact that many of the most critical victories in America's history were won not only on distant bloody battlefields, but were also won right here at home in factories, fields, and farms. You see, our ability to produce, to design, grow, build, and manufacture has been just important to our nation's victories as our ability to fight. And throughout history, When Americans marched to war, we marched wearing boots made by American hands. And we wore uniforms that were cut and sewn in factories like this one. Our body armor, helmets, and weapons have been the products of American work ethic, skill, and determination. The best planes, ships, and vehicles in the world that carry us to war and then support us on the battlefield, they only exist because Americans built them. Without the American worker, there can be no American soldier. So let us never forget that the freedom we cherish so dearly is a gift not only 
from our American service men and women but it is also a gift from the American worker the American worker who toils in fields in factories in shipyards and on job sites the American worker who gets up day after day after day not only to build and create products but also to build our economy the strongest economy in the world which gives us unmatched influence and gives our great nation the ability to make the world a better place with that knowledge I could not be prouder to stand here today and be a part of this opening I could not be prouder to be a part of this company origin which like America itself will succeed because of the power of the American worker it will succeed because of the power of American grit and origin USA will succeed because of the unmatched power of the American dream and I would like to thank all of you especially America's workforce for making this dream possible And that is a speech that I gave today in a town called Farmington, Maine. And I was at the opening of the new Origin USA factory. Now, as I've been saying, Mm -hmm. we are now in league with Origin USA. And tonight, I have with me our new partner and our new friend Pete Roberts who as you will see has shown some pretty incredible fortitude in the business world and who I believe is just getting warmed up so mr. Pete Roberts founder of origin USA black belt in jiu-jitsu by the way and also black belt in making things happen (laughs) welcome to the show man honored to be here (laughs) this is everything you just said man just captures everything i feel in my heart and mind for sure and hearing that speech live was phenomenal you know it was awesome walking around the factory and meeting people uh, meeting the workers here i mean just we came in and jill she was, she was, it's a week of vacation. What's she doing? She's in here working. She's working. And, you know, just, and, and I wasn't even really, didn't really know what I was going to say. But after coming up here, meeting her, seeing the rest of the, the, the people grinding to make this happen, um, yeah, I realized that, I realized exactly what I was going to say. I was going to talk about the fact that literally, men on the battlefield, you're, 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 you're propelled there by American workers. 
and that's what this that's what this represents and uh, you know we'll get into how all this kind of came together yeah. in this kind of perfect storm yeah we'll get there but we'll get there in a little while okay because first we got to know a little about a bit about you and your crazy ass which I say with all you know in the most <laughs> complimentary possible way yeah man <laughs> so Tell us about just growing up, like, get me from, like, birth to high school. What was that all about? Absolutely. So, it all started in Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for real. Real no. Spartan blood. Yeah, for real. Man. Yeah, I know my... my uh, what's, what's your... Because what's your, Roberts isn't... No, Angelakis. I'm Greek, okay. actually. Yeah, my well, mom's an Angelakis. Right, right, She's Greek. Right. So I'm, and she's clearly Greek because I met her. Clearly she's Greek. Greek, and she made that baklava today. Yeah, and no, I thought so. she might pull out a Spartan sword at some point and like attack me. Yeah, <laughs> which no, I definitely. was cool with. You know, <laughs> <laughs> instead yeah. she pulled out a big thing of baklava and yeah, I ate right. it. And it's like sugar coated lies. Don't care. Did you feel guilty about it? <laughs> um, no, I wanted more. Yeah, <laughs> I know you came over you're like. Where's all the baklava? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's gone. Then I looked over. There's six pieces left. Yeah, I had four of them. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> That's awesome. No, I'm a, I'm a half breed. Just half Spartan. Mm -hmm. So, no, uh, yeah, man. I mean, like the rest of America, you know, my, my grandparents immigrated from Sparta, Greece, mm -hmm. in the early 1900s. Great gram. Lived to 105. Legit. Credit. Yes. Credit. Yes. My, she my, wasn't even on Jocko White TV. <laughs> she had some other stuff she, going on. Through it. She, yeah, she, she, no, she didn't need to be. She had the Mediterranean diet. Nice. Even my son got to meet her. She lived for a long time. But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so from a young age, I got to see the American dream from my mom's side of the family. You know, and when we were kids, uh, I was born down in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. Gloucester. Mm -hmm. And uh, moved up here when I was a young kid. My mom wanted to get myself and my three siblings out of Massachusetts and into the woods just because she saw some shifts happening she didn't like. So she brought us up here and said, make a go of it, basically. And what, what business or whatever, what did they, what did your... Oh, I saw, I got to see my, my family build some pretty pretty cool businesses down in Massachusetts. So being an entrepreneur was something I always admired, uh, but didn't realize I wanted to do that mm -hmm. until a little later in life. Uh, but my, my, my family down there, uh, my grandfather had a sub shop, you know, super sub. For those of you, I don't know. There's, that's one of those things where they call it different things across America. Yeah. A sub in New England is the same thing as a Subway sandwich. Right, right. Uh, right. Also in New England, you call it a grinder. Do you call it a grinder? A grinder um, would be, I think, technically. Uh, no, that's not a hot sandwich. That's hoagie. A hoagie. Yeah, yeah hoagie's yeah, a hoagie. poor boy. Oh, poor boy. That. Yeah, that's another po one. A poor, yeah, poor, poor boy. boy. Yeah, oh, another, another okay. word for it. So sub. Yeah, sub. So, you, sure. so granddad owned a sub shop. A few. A few sub shops. Was very successful with the sandwich making. Nice. Uh, I, got, I got to see that. My cousins built a big multi-multi-million dollar company. And I, and I had to watch this from away because I moved up to here to Maine when mm -hmm. I was eight years old. So I wasn't cultured 
in that at all mm-hmm. in the business world i didn't have anybody to teach me about business and i just got to see it and and not be directly part of it which i always wanted to be mm-hmm. you know um but i always looked up to them and 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 whatnot and both from business perspective and athletics you know they were very good at athletics my family and and my uncles and cousins and stuff so i looked from afar up here in Maine in the woods in an old farmhouse down a dirt road with no neighbors, cows in a field. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where I grew up. And then high school, you, you said you were, I, I know you're athletic. What do you, how, how tall are you? 6'3 and shrinking. 6'3 and shrinking. Yeah, man. Those and what's your max? What's your, what are you walking around at right now? Right now, I can tell you exactly. 253.0. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you played. What did you play? I, I uh, in in high school, three sport athlete in college football, uh, Division one for a couple of years. Um, not the best experience of my life, learning experience, but not the best. What? what and, why wasn't it the best experience in your life? I, uh, you know, I was I was real good at it, football. Uh-huh. I was not passionate about it. Oh, um, but I still worked my ass off. Because that's the thing. You were kind of even though you were this big. Jock, I was. You were also an artistic guy, right? Art, artsy fartsy. <laughs> <laughs> I was an artsy fartsy kid. I got along with everybody. The, yeah. the the jocks, athletes, all the artsy kids. You know, I liked everybody. I could appreciate everybody's talents. Were you like drawing, painting? Yeah, what were you doing? Man. Everything. Yeah, all drawing, painting, sculpting, welding, sculpting, just, everything. Just doing everything. Yeah, and, and tackling people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting tackled, played tight end. So were you more passionate about art than you were about football? For sure, for sure. And so you were playing football. Like, it, it was it just one of those things where you're like, "Hey, I'm good at it, and I'm getting a scholarship, so I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing." Yeah. So back in 1997, back in the day, yeah. Oh, oh, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, back in the day. Some will remember hockey fans. Maine's hockey team was phenomenal. They had the Korea kids on there. And they were, that that team took gifts. And what happens when you get gifts and people find out? Sanctions. So I went into college and they had like 10 scholarships. So I didn't actually have a scholarship till my second year of college. I kind of had to prove myself. Mm -hmm. And I worked my ass off. And then I I fell into the politics of college football and I saw the ugly side of the politics of college football. And uh, and what are you talking about? Because I'm the only guy sitting at the table that didn't apparently play college football. I was busy in the teams <laughs> yeah, getting after yeah, it. Yeah. What, are the, well, I mean, what does that consist of? Like you're trying to get to be in this certain position starting or is that no, what we're talking about? Much. Let's say like, okay. Uh, so I was supposed to, I was supposed to start my, right. I redshirted my, my freshman year. I was supposed to mm-hmm. start tight end got into a bar brawl, mm-hmm. right, and during the summer. Mm-hmm. Couldn't play the first few games, and it was me and one of, one of my friends, and we were, we were both freshmen. And he was a big kid, local kid. Uh, he ended up playing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were kind of like fighting for the first spot on the depth chart. And the depth chart, if, for those of you who don't know, is like kind of where you stand. Right. You know, and you see your name on there, and you see everyone else's name, and you want to be the top guy, <laughs> right? Did so, they break that out for every position? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Every position. Check. Yeah. So a little pressure to perform. 
man, I stayed after my freshman year, I put on 27 pounds of like hard earned muscle, no illegal substances, squats, McDonald's and squats. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, Pete, go eat some food yeah. at McDonald's. So what did you, what, what would you go from what weight to what weight? Man, I think I came into college at like two, it was like 200 and like 225 and you went no, up to less. Oh, really? 10 maybe. Oh, dang. Out of high school. And then, uh, yeah, and then just earned it, earned it in the gym. I remember my tight end coach coming up to me and saying, hey, you know, Steve, Steve was his name. He's like, he's out and uh, he's like, you're going to be starting this first game. And I'm like, shit. I mean, I stayed, I stayed like worked my ass off, mm-hmm. you know, stayed during breaks and everything. And I was a good athlete. Yeah. And what's cool is like that you're actually going as hard as you can. Yeah. That's something you weren't even that passionate about. No, but I committed to it. You just wanted to win. Yes. Yeah. And no, I do it. Okay. You I look at yourself on that depth chart, even if you don't necessarily like what you're doing, you make the commitment and you drive. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be number two. You know? So it's super competitive college sports. So anyways, the the, the my tight end coach, like, you're starting the first game. I'm like, yes call all my family, call all my friends, tell them what's up, make sure everybody has tickets, yada, yada, yada. Like a day before the game, the coach comes to me and says, Pete, I got to talk to you. And I said, okay. He's like, I just got in a huge argument with the head coach and you will not be starting in the football game. Hmm. I said, okay, why? He goes, basically told me politics my friend still a friend of mine local kid he came in on a full ride local kid big kid had probably a better frame to build on and basically what the even though maybe i you know it's college we have different gifts Mm -hmm. the head coach shut it down said nope he's not starting my coach is like he should start He's performing better. You know, he's strong in the weight room. Hand cleaning 300 pounds. The kid's ready to go. He should be starting. They got a huge fight. Almost got fired. The coach, my, my tight end coach almost got fired. He said, you'll be playing a lot in the game, though. But yeah, he'll be starting. Mm-hmm. Guess how much playing time I saw? None. Zero. Ooh. So that was the first game of the season, you said? Yeah. And so then what happens? You grind out the rest of the season? Yeah, man. How's your attitude? I worked my ass off mm-hmm. to you earn. Kept, you kept grinding. To earn. Did you ever start? Uh, here's the shitty thing. <laughs> it already sounded pretty <laughs> shitty. Yeah. Actually, It's pretty shitty, dude. Here's the shitty thing. Man, I couldn't. I'm telling you, I had football PTSD after this. I didn't watch football for 10 years. Mm-hmm. They put it on television. I'd walk out of the room. I'd just hang out. Do something else. Mm-hmm. They'd be watching the games. My son loves football. My fa- my family loves football. Couldn't do it. I had like a just an aversion to yeah. the sport. To make a long story short, good because it's been forty five minutes. We uh, haven't even made it past. Shut up! No, has it been? Doesn't. <laughs> no, my my uh, my scholarship. The money, like like some of the money, hits your account, right? And like shit didn't kick in for like my food and everything. And my my coach, the head coach who was a narcissistic guy, loved coming into the weight room and just like waving his hair and 
Mm-hmm. You know, one of those guys. You know, one of yeah. those guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, Echo. College, yeah, Echo. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. I'll take care of it, Pete. It's fine. Everything's happening. Okay. A week later, coach still, this this isn't, you know, I'm, I'm on it. I'm, I'm on it. I'm talking with the AD. It's, everything's good. A week later, I go, coach, it's still like, man, I'm stressing. You know, like, I'm going to have to get a job. Like, what's up with, with this? He goes, I need to talk to you in my office. I said, okay. I sit down in his office. Your scholarship money is not going to kick in. Really? (laughs) I overgave. Title IX had kicked in. And he overgave. Now, is he being truthful with me? Or did he find a new recruit that was better? Mm -hmm. Did he push me out? Who knows? I don't know why, because the kid behind me ended up starting fullback the next year, right? So maybe I got pushed out. Maybe he overgave. Fact of the matter is that bastard lied to me and didn't follow through with his word. And that will never happen again. I will never surround myself with those types of people. And that lesson I carry to this day. I think about it a lot. It's one of those moments in your life that kind of changes your life. I said, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I worked my balls off for you in this program. I'm ready. And this is what I get. That excuse, out. Out of the office. I grabbed my cleats, handed it to my buddy Chad Rogers, and walked out the door and didn't look back. And that was that. Yep. So that, that was your sophomore year? Yeah, that would have been my redshirted. It was right after my yeah sophomore year. Yeah, yeah. So what are you studying at this time? Studying uh, new media, which was really new because he remember the internet hit in like ninety seven ninety eight. It became yeah. hot, right? Yeah. Really? There's a date yeah. on that. Yeah, pretty <laughs> ambiguously, like you can yeah. call it ninety seven. Uh, yeah, that's when it became hot. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right like happened. I think so. Yeah, okay, for sure. I'll take your guys' yeah. word for it. Ultimate. That's what it was like. The internet. Yeah, yeah. Everybody need everybody was had to have AOL.com. Yeah. Netscape Navigator. Netscape. But you right on. you could really surf the web. Yeah. Okay. So, Find websites and stuff. Yeah, and Excuse website me. development and flat this flash it came out. Yeah, Macromedia, yeah, yeah. all the stuff. So anyways, I was into that. I I uh, discovered the, the computer thing and fell in love with design on the computer. And Although I was a sculpture major, I used to weld up crazy looking shit. I, I actually zippered the goalpost. <laughs> Dude, I did. For like my final project. You want to know what I did? Mm. I built this big friggin' zipper on this like canvas and I erected it and I zippered up the goalpost. <laughs> I'm talking the, 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 like the, like the, yeah, the, like a giant real zipper. A real zipper. <laughs> the, you know, like the, dang. The like the thing you hold the yeah, yeah, yeah. dude it was this big <laughs> I zip my 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 art teacher they allowed you to do that they didn't have a choice I just yeah, went out and did it savage style yeah, yeah. and what's that and, like street art kind of I don't thing. even know gorilla what that is. Art. Gorilla gorilla art. Art. yeah it was weird I think I got some of that frustration out yeah, for zippering sure. it up yeah. I have never you told anybody that <laughs> dude so that thing took did, my 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 wait my, did you get graded on it yeah dude so how did you not tell anybody. 
Because what happened was, is I erected it in the practice field and my teacher, she walked over with me to look at it. And she looked at me I and bet she goes, she said A plus. Wait, no, like she, after you did it? Listen. Like you did it and then yeah. it's like, hey, come look over. at this. Oh, like, yeah, what do you yeah. think? She goes, <laughs> she looked at me, she goes, she's like, what? <laughs> she she didn't think it was possible. Bro, when you said like I zippered my goalpost, I'm sitting here thinking, what well, is this some yeah, slang yeah. term that I don't know no, about? I've Does that mean hang hanging toilet paper off of it? Like what right, does right. this mean? Zippered it means it. zippering. That's what it means. I wish I had a photo of it. I wish you did. We too. didn't have digital cameras back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that that teacher was cool. She was. I don't remember her name, but she was cool. Good. And you left it up for the practice guys when they showed I had up. To pull it down. Uh, she she actually told, pulled me aside one time and she's like, "You drive this class. How what you do and how you act, everyone is gonna follow." Basically, mm-hmm. she was she was pretty cool, but. That is I was a legit vengeance card. I'm giving yeah. you props. Full props. Zipper that <laughs> Zipper shit. It. Done. Zipper it. You ain't, nothing's how t- happening How here. tall is a goalpost? Man, that uh, thing was it's tall. tall though, 35 yeah. feet? 30 feet? Probably more than, like the full goalpost? Goal yeah. It depends. The practice field. Somebody helped you. It varies. Fully but. zippered. <laughs> <laughs> I am not even kidding. Yeah. I put that, I put, and, the, and, a, and, I, and I built it out of like wood laminated band saw like all the lugs and they had to fit together perfectly and that whole zipper part had the zip <laughs> it was functional yes functional giant zipper. that's good i love no. she's like my, i told my teacher what i was new she's like impossible to make it function oh, okay let's see yeah like i said it's fortitude yeah. <laughs> i mentioned that earlier so yeah, and at bit. this time what are you what's like going on personally personal life Weren't you with so, your high school sweetheart at this time? I was, time? yeah, yeah. So I, my wife, Amanda, my bride, uh, we got together when we were 16, 15, 16, through, through a difficult situation. Um, we became friends, and we've been together ever since. We were drawn together by a difficult situation. And you stayed together through college? Absolutely. And she wasn't looking at you like, like I need to get away from this guy. He's yeah, the zipper guy. <laughs> you know, she <laughs> she's very understanding, apparently. She, yeah, yeah. You know the corny line, like "You complete me." Mm-hmm. Like she, I tell people, like she, if my glass is a little full, she just dumps them out, and if it's running a little dry, she puts it back in. Nice. So, and she always has. Mm. You know what I mean? So she's brutally honest, and. You know, just yeah. my, my soulmate. That's and, no, that's awesome that you guys were, uh, you know, I, I knew that. But it's kind of cool that you guys stayed together all that time. Now, back to your your major. And now, now you're, so you're not playing football. Oh, and now you're, you're sitting there in college. Yep. You're studying new media, which no one knows anything about. I didn't even know anything about it. And we actually hired the professors, my class. Really? We had a we committee of students and we hired the freaking professors. And so, and so then you're learning how to do what? Build websites? Yeah. Stuff like, like this? You're learning things like, uh, it's when all like the first software hit, you had like this Maya, and you could do 3D mm-hmm. animation. They built like, I don't know, Toy Story and Maya or something. Yeah, yeah. You had like f- Flash, Macromedia. Remember the Flash websites, yeah. all the animation? Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So we, I learned about that. So how did you make the jump from that to going into business in that arena? I was good at it, and I was passionate about it. And what happened is my sophomore year after I got done playing football, I went right to a marketing agency, sold myself on the spot, and got hired on the spot. 
and I became their lead web developer. And you're like 19? I was 19 with blonde hair. <laughs> nice. Yep. They were like, who is this kid? <laughs> For the record, when I was 19, I had blonde hair too. No kidding. Yeah, all, coincidentally. A, yeah, a lot of awesome. similarities. That's cool. Well, a lot of Hawaiians have blonde hair. So, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. so 19 with blonde hair. Yeah, man, I walked in and I just sold myself. Okay, so then how did that morph into your own business? Yeah, so I, I work Because you're that. in a cush job, I take it, if you're the lead at 19 years old. Cush job at 200 bucks a week, buddy. Uh. <laughs> Raking, which I needed was to, pretty legit for you, though, right? Yeah, because it was either that or the YMCA. Yeah, you know, and I did work at the Y, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was. I, I cut my teeth at this ad agency, where I learned from this really good graphic designer, Brad, who started his career doing paste up. So paste up is like when you're designing an ad, you actually have to take an exact. So all the little tools you use when you're in like Photoshop mm -hmm, and other yeah. programs, those are real tools, yeah. real life tools. So he he take like the knife and he cut around the picture and then he put that and then like the typography. Dang. So I cut my teeth under a real designer. Not many people get that anymore. So I learned from a master of design. And how long did you stay at that at that agency? I think for? I was there till I was 19, 20, 21, three years, I think. And then I and then I moved back and I started my own company here. And that was just inspirado. What what what, what made you say you know what? Because you must have seen a pathway at the agency my, to to take over or not even take over, but just to move up the chain of command and yeah. get paid more than two hundred bucks a week and all that. I did. What in your brain clicked where you're like, you know what? I'm not working for the man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll it. tell you that. I got to go it. back to give you that, though. Raking blueberries and throwing hay. Mm -hmm. Manual labor. Throw hay for a day and get a $10 bill. <laughs> You're going to work very hard not to do that. Raking blueberries in Maine, which is a staple of us Mainas, mm -hmm. that's tough work. You're bent over in the sun in the blueberry fields. And guess what you do for your first week? You earn your rake. So what does that mean? There's a different job that's they worse? They give you like the rake. Picking or something? And you've got to buy, they, you've got to buy oh, the rake. Oh, you right. So you're in debt. You're in debt. You start, they give you the rake, and you have to work it off. How much do you think that rake cost? Uh, I'm doing the math. I'm like, <laughs> with every I like rake. this. It tells me it's it's like, this is tough, rake. but I like it. <laughs> so when I, when I walked into my interview at this marketing agency, this kind of a pompous, you know, kid, I said, he said, what do you want to do long term, Mark? I said, start my own business. I'm going to own my own business. Mm -hmm. He goes, you don't want to do that. You do not want to own your own business. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what it takes to survive in a world of business. And I said, okay. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> then I learned and sucked the knowledge I could, all the knowledge I could. I just sucked it and sucked it and sucked it. And then uh, I moved home and started. And what city was that in? I started, well, I started the business out of my college apartment. Uh -huh. It was about as big as this table. <laughs> I was the man though, I had a little, a Mac, the, um, the black one, Wall Street. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. There was black a Mac Wall called Wall Street? It, it had like a, a, it was black and it had like rubber on the sides. Mm. You know what I mean? I so you were the man. Yeah. 
that you had and that. And I think that thing caused me some issues because it was very tough to have kids. I sat that thing on my lap for hours on end. And I'm telling you something with radiation, man. I had to practice a lot to have kids. <laughs> practice was good, but it got a little tough when it's like, we can't have kids. So, but uh, yeah, man, I started the, the business out of my college apartment, my first Insight New Media Marketing Agency, a new media company, and just started hammering. And I was fearless going after accounts and clients, you know, and uh, two years later, I find myself in Park City, Utah, sitting in the front of the president of Rosignol Quicksilver, selling him an idea like Bill Gates that didn't exist yet, mm. and telling him what I could do. And then they gave me the money to do it. And then we did it. And uh, the rest is history. So, so Until the recession. So, yeah. so everything was rocking. And so, so did, you, did you, so you were in your college apartment, but then where'd you end up? I ended up here in my hometown. And you had space? You got an office in the whole nine yards? Yeah, well, I started in a barn, and it was me and another guy, my first hire. And then we moved into kind of like a, like a double-wide trailer mm -hmm. house. You know, we call it a double-wide. Did it have a skirt? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good then. <laughs> right, dude. It's it's a vinyl skirt. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Who doesn't have a vinyl skirt? Got to keep it real. So we went there, and then we moved into a basement in town. This is like the perfect progression, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we hired a few more. And then we moved into a beautiful, we had built out a studio where, man, it was, un we actually designed it. Because you it were making legit money now. We were. How many yeah, employees yeah. are we talking about? I think maybe seven or something, okay. something like that. And now you're 22? Yeah, if that, yeah, yeah. yeah probably 22. 22, getting 21, after 22 it. years yeah. old. Yeah, six employees. Yeah, custom designed office. Yeah, we did everything. You want to hear something? I don't yes. even know if I should say this. Okay, say Are you ready it. for this? You may have to edit this out. <laughs> All right, I handled two governors' campaigns in Maine. Twenty-two years old. They wanted like the best design, the best marketing, so they came to these youngins. Mm -hmm. And we had this one guy, uh, Les Otten. Should maybe you not say the name? You, you, it was in national news. It's okay. hard not to. You can cut it out. Understood. Really if it's nice in national guy. news, then no. It's, then it's oh, national news. Yeah. Okay. Really nice guy. Right after um, Obama's first term. So Les came and he wanted us to handle his campaign. And so he wanted a logo that was circular like Obama's logo. And so we did a, I designed myself a circular logo, which green and blue very similar feel, not even close to the same, but it was round. And who had done a round logo at that time? Next thing I know, this thing ends up on CNN, all the national news stations, and they have like the two logos. They have Obama's <laughs> oh, logo okay. and Les's logo. I just got a, a, a influx of emails and phone calls, people like ripping. Because remember how that first term for Obama, remember how hot that was? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Remember, remember why, why were people negative? Were they were negative on you? Because they were like, we ripped it off. Uh, and I was like, really? Really? So it was round. Don't make a round logo. Yeah. You, especially after the first Obama pick. Yeah. Yeah. Don't use circles. Don't use circles. <laughs> exactly. That's, like, that's what they're saying. Don't use circles. Yeah. So uh, anyways, it was, it, was, it was an interesting time. There's a little bit of stress. Did he catch heat for it? Obviously, Big I guess. Time. Yeah, yeah. Because no one really God, cared. He, that you no, no one even knew. They're like some. He wasn't like, oh, my ad agency made it up, and I thought it was great. 
No, well, he, you know what they, you know, kind of a little bit he mm -hmm. did that, but he had an advise, advisor that mm -hmm. said this is the right direction and whatnot. So it was, it was interesting times. So what was the heat? Dude, the heat was like national media, like, ripping you down people digging oh. down who designed it like oh, the company oh. that designed it and just like tearing you up they found your yearbook picture or whatever <laughs> like, it was bad it was, it was a strange, idiot that it was like obama it was like 15 days of like holy shit like are we yeah. gonna are we gonna survive this as a company you know and we did yeah yeah and so you you survived that yeah and and i guess your lesson is like from that that you can survive things. You're gonna like, like it's interesting. I just caught that you said 15 days. Yeah. Because guess what? 15 days, no one cared anymore. Is no, that exactly. pretty much? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I see that a lot in the news. You know, people something will come it's up. All this, people <laughs> freak out about something, and I'm like, yeah, wait. Oh, yeah, wait know, a week. Four four days, yeah, no one cares anymore. Up. There's like some other meteor that hit the satellite thing or whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it was it was interesting. You know, we were young you know and naive you know i mean i think all entrepreneurs start out naive honestly and from a leadership perspective you're in a leadership position yeah right for the first yeah. time yeah and and you have a team of six people yep. and you're the man yep and i'm trusting oh you see you say that with a little hesitation yeah <laughs> i trust that people will do the right thing are the people that are working for you your age yep. a little younger just yep. just all the Pretty same the same, same age. age year or two difference okay all young so now you said recession. What recession. happens there? Well, we were, we were kind of like booming as a company, building some incredible, uh, we would do interactive touchscreen kiosks and all this really, really cool shit with that nobody was doing yet. The recession hit. We lost 65% of our business overnight. I mean, what's the first thing you cut in a recession? Advertising. You're not supposed to. Uh. But you it's do. the wrong move, but it's the move that everyone makes. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. I'd probably make the same move. Yeah. Where can we cut costs? Ad spend, right? Stop that. Anyways, the recession hit, and we had built this company from like the ground up, just funneled the money back into the company, built, 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 buy equipment, build this, you know, do all this stuff. I'm like, oh shit. First time I thought about like these guys bought houses here have families, are starting families, moved away. How long had the run been at this point? This had been... This is a five-year run? That's a good question. When was the recession? Eight or nine? This is a six, seven-year run. Okay. Six, so seven yeah, these run. guys had established their lives. Themselves. They established their families up here. Yes. They, you were the form, the form of income. You're how they're paying their mortgage. Absolutely. And I felt that. You know, I don't know if that's weakness, but I'm sensitive to that, man. I, that, that's, if I promise somebody something like this company is your future, I mean, this company is your future. I will stop taking a paycheck and that's not the right thing to do. You got to always pay yourself, right? I will stop taking a paycheck to make sure you get yours. And that's what I did. And what I also did is I took out a line of credit and it was the first money I had taken out from the bank ever. And I use that money to keep things going, to try to get through the recession. And I didn't want to lay anybody off. What I had them do was I had them start designing in-house Because by the way, the next thing that you do after you cut advertising, 
the biggest cost to just about any business there is is your people. People. So that's the next thing that gets cut. But you're saying you're not going to do that. And I'm and I'm young. Yeah. And learning about business as I go, you know. So no, I'm not going to do it. No, they some of them bought houses and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Like I'm not taking away their livelihood, you know. I'll find a way to just get through, right? You know. And I and I believe I had the fortitude to get through, you know. But and there's the but. They didn't. And here's why, because I had them start working on in-house projects and I was training jujitsu at the time. And so I was gonna develop a platform so that an academy could build a website based off of a templated system for their jujitsu school. And it was gonna be badass. And we had done this for like Rosignol and Dina Star. We, had, we were like one of the first companies to build online tools to build things. Make sense? Mm-hmm. This is early 2000s. So when you go early. on and you look at some product and you want to, there's a little customization that can be done to yeah. it. You guys did design things yep. to move the mouse around and yeah. there's change a bunch the of color. those now. By the way. There's a bunch of them. Crazy. There was none of them. Okay, it was yeah. zero. And so we started building this thing, and you're you're building this thing, but you're not being paid for it yet because eventually you're right. going to sell it. So right. you're just that's eventually what you mean by sell. in-house projects. Exactly. Got it. Now, did jujitsu take a little bit more of my time than it should have? Yep. These things happen. <laughs> yeah. Did I think about it more than anything else in the world? <laughs> I did. And just real quick, how'd you get into jujitsu? Well, after football, I stopped playing football and I was like, man, I, I, I need to fight. Mm-hmm. Like I need to, I, you know, I always had this desire to fight. Maybe all men have that. I don't know, but I felt like many extra. Men. Mm-hmm. Like extra, like I need to fight. So I'm like Taekwondo. So I started fighting in Taekwondo and achieved that in about two years. I was like, okay, now what? And then I found jujitsu and I got choked out by a 150 pound kid and I was 285 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a convincer. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Couldn't figure it out. I came at him with every bit yeah. of athleticism. Yeah. Kid choked me out almost cold. Yeah. I had what just happened, and I bought into it. So anyhow, anyways, I I was passionate about jujitsu, and I want I had this perfect plan to build this system, and they started getting salty about it. Now is that because they felt like there was an income? Is it because they weren't getting paid by the project, getting oh, no. commission or something like that? What were they getting they salty got, about? They all got salaries. So what were they getting salty about? The fact that they were working on my pet projects. Mm. Those words, my pet projects. They were also salty. I had two very young kids and my wife in the office that the kids were in the office and they were, you know, playing with their stuff and mm. doing what kids being do. Kids. They're being kids. My company, my office, my kids, okay? They found that a problem. So out of the and yeah. what was your relationship? Because this this I'm just assuming right yeah, now yeah. that you got a bunch of people that are working for you that are around the same age as you. Yep. And so I'm guessing that you were kind of broing out with. We all were of them. super bros. <laughs> super bros. Super immature. Super bros. <laughs> immature. Like immature kids, right? Talented, immature kids. Uh-huh. I mean, you're talking about like, hey. Let's shut it down and go snowboarding. We got two inches of pow pow on Sugarloaf, <laughs> you know, and we need to hit that. 
And that's what we do. We just shut it down, grab the snow. You know, Rosignol would send yeah. us like ten thousand dollars in product. Oh. We just we just go up. We oh. just rip rip on the mountain. Hey man, just get the work done. You know, oh you need to, yeah man, no worries. Just do just make sure the work's done. Yeah, very loose. Super bros. Super bros. Oh, pow pow. <laughs> yes, yeah. hitting the pow pow. That's yes. what we called it. The powder. So, yeah, man, the relationship was not a boss worker employee relationship. It was a creative. I always wanted to. We had a foosball table mm-hmm. in the in the. You know, like give me a break. I mean, it's, yep. it's a creative agency. Yep, yep, yep. But when shit hits the fan, the fingers go to one person. This guy, mm-hmm. right? So. All right, I'm ready to sustain this thing and make it happen. They weren't. So one day, I'm in my wife's office, and the whole crew gets up and hands me a paper. And it's a thick paper. And they're like, we'll see you on Monday to talk about this. Because they thought they weren't expendable. Okay. So, so they're giving you an ultimatum? Ultimatum. I was like, I turned white for a second. I was like, okay. And they walked out. Were you, did you anticipate this at all? No. No idea. (laughs) I will never be caught off guard like that again. Yeah, that one's going to (laughs) sting. That one's going to leave a mark. This is is a mutiny, you know? That's a straight straight up mutiny. Straight up mutiny. Yep. Okay. My wife is an emotional being. We sat down and we read this, this paper and it was a list of demands a list of demands about profit sharing, how the company was making all this money and it wasn't being filtered down to the employees and about my kids and how they cannot come into the office anymore because they make noise. A whole list of demands. They can't concentrate when they're playing foosball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, amongst other things, young, stupid kids yeah and i was one of them yeah because i was naive so we started looking at this thing and i was just like wow it's like getting punched in the face and my wife went zing and she spun up (laughs) and shoo she's french canadian and she's she's you know Mm -hmm. yeah anyway she spun up I said, okay. Does she speak French when she's angry? No. Okay. I wish that would, that would be kind of hard. If That'd she be did. a bonus program. <laughs> I'd be like, babe, can you speak French? <laughs> Just make her mad so she could yell at you in French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, so what we did is we just, we sat there and looked at each other and we're like, what? What? And I said, do they have any idea we just took out a line of credit? to support this place to get through the recession. Do they have any idea we don't have any work? So what do we do? Recon. We opened up their computers, logged in, and started looking for all the interaction between the staff. And wow, Mm -hmm. what they thought of me. I was sad. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is sad. Made me feel like shit. What'd they think? I mean, they thought I was like some type of miser, like sh- like squirreling away cash yep. and resources, oh, yeah. and Dang. because I because I was I always kept a straight face, and ha- a happy personality, and 
they had no idea how much in the hole we were. Yeah. And I can imagine that you're trying to actually protect them from the stress yes. of business. Yes. And in doing that, you didn't communicate to them what was actually happening, which meant that they created what was happening in their own minds, which was which obviously I hate wrong. That shit. Them creating what they think reality is in yeah. their minds when they yeah. don't know all the facts. There's so many times in business when I talk to businesses and businesses are going through transitions or there's something happening and you know they, they'll, they'll be asking like, well, do you think we should tell you know, the, the, the employees what's happening? Right. And I'm like, well, you have two choices. You can tell them what's happening like or they're going to make, make up, up a story. They're going to make up a story yep. and it's not going to be good. Yep. They're going to think worst case scenario. And so the open communications that is, is how you prevent this kind of thing. Yep. And obviously you're 22 years old. That's pretty awesome that you were in the position you were in. And, and obviously you can look back now and it's pretty simple to see what the solutions were. One of them you were, you were growing out with these guys too much. And this is a fine line. You know, because, you know, in a SEAL platoon, I had bros, yeah. lifetime brothers yeah. that were, you know, three or four ranks below me, but they were professional and they understood the line between and they understood and they respected the position. And, and then there's other guys that were, you know, that same rank, lower rank that I, could ne- I couldn't give that kind of closeness to. And so that's one of those things that, you know, we, we talk about a lot with companies is it's different for the different people in your company. Right. So I'm not saying you can't bro out with people. And also, that doesn't mean you don't have awesome relationships with your people because that's what you want. You want to have awesome relationships with the people that are working for you because they're going to do that much more for you and you can do that much more for them and it becomes a, a functional winning team because everyone cares about each other. Exactly. There's a dichotomy there. You know? There is. Are we being there's a line. Are, are we super bros? What is that line? <laughs> what is that line? And that line is the thing that you f- need to figure out. And what makes it really hard with the relationship piece is that it's different for different people. Yeah. And I had some guys that was an E5 in a SEAL platoon, and I was the lieutenant, and they were my total bros. And there's another guy that's an E5, and I got to keep a little bit of distance just so they make sure that they they stay professional. Right. And so this is this is challenging stuff and great lessons learned for anyone running a business, especially young people. But it's not just young people because I see seasoned CEOs asking these same questions. You don't learn this shit in college. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, like being an entrepreneur, businessman or woman, whatever, it's learned. You know, you may have a gift of something or accounting, you maybe a good salesperson or good at marketing or something. Nobody's born with a gift of being an entrepreneur. No. You know, it's built, it's crafted over time and you have to fail and fall flat on your face and get punched in the face to figure it out. Yeah. So, but what's good is, Unfortunately, there's those like those lessons that your parents tried to teach you, but you didn't listen to mm-hmm. and they go, man, I was so stupid. If you're even aware of them and that's what's good about like someone that's hearing what you're saying right now, they, they might not recognize it before. Right. And this is a chapter in extreme ownership, right? Dichotomy of leadership. And you, okay. you, can't, you, gotta be, you can't be so close to your people that one's more important. We go through this. Right. But the awareness of it is it gives people a percentage chance of maybe instead of falling flat on their face, maybe they just stumble and they're able to recover. Right. So this is, you know, classic. I fell flat. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it hurt too. Okay, so, like, so what happens? So I was... I was sad, man, at first. Then I got angry. And then I got even. No. <laughs> no. I, I, basically what it was is we are not expendable. Heed these words. 
and these demands, and we'll talk to you Monday morning. Okay. So, what happens? We do a little recon, get into the computers, see the communication between all of them, what they thought about me, what they thought about my wife, what they thought was going on with the company. Half an hour later, I'm in my vehicle, divide and conquer. You're not going to tell me, because in that paper it said, do not come and see us individually. Do not seek us out. Do not try to separate one of us and have a conversation. And that's exactly what I did. By the way, from the employee standpoint, this is a horrible move. They are making as bad of a mistake as you were making as a leader. Because what they should have, any one of them could have done is said, Pete, bro, I got to talk to you, man. Let me tell you what's going on. Yeah, this is what we're thinking. We don't know what's going on with the company You got us working on these random projects that are like your projects. We should be working for other companies yep. Can you tell us what in God's name is going on so we can move forward? That's what one of those nobody people was that mature and you could have brought him into a room and said hey guys I, I apologize for not telling you but let me tell you what what income we have on oh, the, in the, in the next six months nothing nothing so this is what we're going to do to try and survive. You could have given them the plan. They would understand why you were doing what you're doing, and, right. and it would have been good. So both sides of the chain of command there are, are actually making grievous mistakes. Bad mistakes. My, and I learned from that 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 was, I mean, I, I'm a transparent person as it is. You can ask me anything you want, and I will answer it. I was just a dumb kid, though. I didn't want to show weakness to them is what I was thinking. Right. Because I didn't want them to feel like they needed to go find another job. I didn't want them to think that, start talking like, oh, the company's going to shut down. I was making my own stories. Right. I didn't trust they would make the right decision if I told them this. Yep. So I just carried on to try to push through. And you're right, it, it was a mistake to not share it with them. Because yep. it would have been, I was, we were bleeding as a company, but they were the blood I was trying to keep in. It would have been easier just to let them decide what they wanted to do after, in hindsight, telling them where we were as a company, yeah. how the recession had affected us. But I didn't. Yeah. And so yeah. I divided and conquered. And Meaning? I, I got in my car. vehicle, drive to the first one's house, knock on the door, John, we're gonna talk or you have no job. John's still with me right now, he works for Origin. <laughs> Sweet. I was pissed. I was so pissed. I, I was crying a little bit. I was pissed. Have you ever been so pissed? Like, you're just like, you cried? Yes. Negative. Okay. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't Not think. Not even when you be, were a kid? No, no, being I mean, I'm a oh, kid. I guess, I guess, I guess. I'm, I'm talking I'm about like being a kid. Seven. <laughs> I'm talking like. 20, what am I, 23, 24, something like that. Yeah, Pissed. I was, I was in the teams at that point. We're yeah. not crying. Okay. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> this is a one tough dude. Whatever, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Echo, I'm having a conversation with you. I know. Have you ever been so pissed? I'm relating 100%. Over here? Have you read it so pissed you like started crying? Hey, honestly. Yes. Crying is not like, anger does not lead to tears in my, in my for me. Crying is, it, is that, weakness leaving the body. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I, 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 you know, if something is sad, okay, I get it. But being angry, that's, that's okay. But, you know, everyone's a little different. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. No, I was a kid. You are a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, remember, I didn't, okay. have, I didn't have a mentor either. No, I, like when I was a kid, I didn't have a, I had, I had one mentor, my friend, my, my buddy's father, because it was a single, single mom mm -hmm. who was 
yet it just we our, as kids we a lot of the time we raised ourselves mm-hmm. i didn't have a mentor i didn't have like a father figure around all the time mm-hmm. to see how to so i just i i worked off of pure drive and emotion yeah yeah and again i'm not trying to be a jerk no i'm, I'm having fun with it yeah, but yeah, absolutely but, but so you're so shit. you're so pissed so pissed that you've got freaking tears in your eyes yeah and you go to John. I'm like, you fucking, you want this job or not? Because if you say no, you're not talking to me. You do not have a job, and you've got a new house. Okay, so he had. He's in the car. Okay. <laughs> one down. One, one down. One in the game. Still yeah. one in the game. <laughs> got it. As I drove to the others' houses, they either didn't answer the door and hid, or answered the door and said, "I can't talk to you," and closed it. Okay. These are kids. You know, like These that's what kids. a kid does. These are kids, man. Which is a, which is a message to everybody. Yeah. When you don't want to talk to somebody, y- you're not solving anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. Now, yes. now, I'm not saying that there's sometimes where I'm so mad at you that I'm like, Pete, come back tomorrow, bro, because right now it ain't right, gonna go good. Yeah, exactly. I'm so mad I could cry. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> That sounds really sensitive, man. <laughs> no, Would you man. actually do that? <laughs> that is weak. But that is that the the point is though. Seriously, if there's if there's a problem, and you're not going to talk about it, you're going to sound like that kid right there that answers the door. I can't yep. I can't talk to you right now. And shuts the door. That's that's not a way to get anything solved. Are there times where you need a little bit of distance? Yeah, because sure. people are hot headed. Yes, that happens. As long as you know you're gonna, you both know that it's solvable. You know, like I feel like with respect to business and stuff like, like if you're working with a client, you may like bang heads with a client. Mm-hmm. And be like, all right, listen, we need to we need to shut this down and discuss it like in forty eight hours. That's learned over time, yeah. not when you're a kid. You just want to get after like ah, right. freaking. And out. even your approach was super hardcore. And this is a, yeah. again, you know, people a little bit aggressive. Yeah, people people want to hear me say like, that's right. You go in there and you say you either talk to me now or you don't have a job. Yeah, the the current, I was already bleeding though. So was that the right choice? I don't know, but the, the, the approach for me would be like, um, hey, let me explain to you what's going on, and then you can think more about your decision, because right now, I'm telling you what you've decided and what you've presented to me is so far off base yep. that if this is what you want to make your decision based on, I'm telling you what I'm going to have to do is let you go, yep. because I haven't told you yet, but we don't have any money, yep. and I'm paying you out of my own pocket, right. so if you don't like that, and you don't want me to pay you out of my own pocket anymore, I'm actually good with that. But if you want to have a job and you want to try and make this thing work, let's have a conversation. And that's close to exactly what I would say now. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. The reason I'm making this point is because yeah. I had a guy hit me up on social media the other day. Yeah. He asked a legit question, and, and he pre-prefaced the question. He says, I'm a very direct guy like you, meaning he's direct like me. Okay. And he says, and I give feedback and it makes people mad and rubs them the wrong way. And, and I'm just, you know, I wrote back, I go, look, man, I'm direct on Twitter, which is 140 characters. And I'm, I'm answering 720 questions right. in, you know, rapid fire. And, and so, yeah, I'm direct when someone says, well, what, is your, I, what is your average uh, daily diet consist of? Steak, next word, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you're direct, I'm, you're not an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I, but that's, and it's also like, I'm having fun. Like that's, yeah. that's the fun part of you know, interacting with people through social media. 
That's not how I'm treating another human being face to face in a real relationship when we're trying to build something. Then I'm using tact, I'm using maneuvering, I'm, I'm manipulating the situation, I'm setting things up, I'm being the most tactful person. In fact, not only am I not gonna rub them the wrong way, I'm gonna rub them in a very nice way so yeah, they feel right. good about the conversation yeah. that we had. Disarm them and, and have a real conversation. Per- the point is, is that you know, you're, you, you, like you said, the, what my little quote was is what you would say now. Back yeah. then, you're young, you're bleeding. I'm bleeding. Yeah. You're pissed off. Yeah. And you say, you know what? a wife nagging at me about finances. <sighs> yeah. You know how that all builds. Two young kids don't yeah. sleep through the night. You know, it's, it, gets, it gets tricky and you're trying to maintain this. So, so just FYI, that, what you just said, you, you just said you know how it is. And to be honest with you, I don't know how that is. Because I was in the military, I got a paycheck every two weeks, yeah. I had kids, I had health insurance taken care of, I had a house taken care That's, of. It's, it's a huge, it's, 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 it's actually a, a feeling I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I'm don't gonna, know that feeling. Gonna, I, I can only imagine, I can only imagine what I would be thinking if I was in your shoes at 22 years old with a wife, two screaming kids, and I don't have any money. So right. yeah, check. Okay, and get some. I will tell you about that feeling. It's a feeling I'm never going to go back to. As we, as I divided and conquered, it did not go my way. So, meaning that the people were saying they can't talk or they hid. They can't talk to you. They went. They left their house, mm-hmm. their homes, whatever. So I made a decision what to do. I told talked to my wife. She's like, "What are we going to do?" I said, well, I said, they all think they're expendable, except they're not, because there's not a person in this world that is so good, they they can't be replaced. Right. You got got it. They think they're not expendable. There's not a person in this world that is so good at their job, they can't be replaced. Hmm. Did you hear that, Echo? Yes, sir. Just just saying. Almost none, but yeah, you're right. You're right. There's a lot of talented people in the world. So what did I do? Hefty trash bags. Get some. <laughs> I went up to that studio and I scraped their desks individually into trash bags and it felt good. <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that, like, but it felt good. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just scraped it, tied it up. Went to the next one. My wife just pushed it all into the bag. <laughs> this is good. Therapy. Yep. Yeah. We dragged all the shit. I don't even care what was in the bag. I don't care what they had on their desks. My property. Your shit. In the trash bags. <laughs> Didn't organize nothing. Just scraped. Dragged them down the stairs. Gently. Because I'm getting the feeling this was not this a was not <laughs> Dragged them down the stairs. We were in this this like studio, you know, third floor studio that we had built out for us. Beautiful. Right. That Monday morning, the art director who I cut my teeth with came down. He lived in Bangor, Maine. We say Bangor. Came down and we were sitting there and it was glass, like the glass. And it's like you could see through it being Mm -hmm. inside, but from the outside you can't. They all got out of the same vehicle, kind of giggling and chuckling, like they own me. 
they owned this company and they walked in the door and there we were sitting there with the trash bags and they went from giddy <laughs> to guilty to sadness and their faces turned white there's your shit take it and that was it done mm-hmm. that was tough I said a few words, but I was not going to be held hostage to this situation. In business, I I say you've got like 40 years of being a maker. I did a speech recently at an innovation. I, I wrote a speech for an innovation expo. You know, zero to 20, you're learning. 20 to 60, you're doing. And 60 to 80, hopefully you're enjoying the fruits of your labor. Anything good in life takes 10 years. So my first 10 years had passed, but I still had 30 to go. And so I knew I wasn't done. But the pain of the situation and the, and the experience, I grew exponentially overnight. We had salvaged a small part of the company, which was, a, was this, we called it webware, right? It was like online software, like everything is now, like mm. the cloud, yeah, yeah. but there was no cloud. There was this system. I was able to salvage that because it had like a, a, a cool little customer base of some high-end customers and they pay monthly. It was just like reoccurring payments, right? Mm. Just to use it. Yeah. And so I found a buyer for it and the negotiation took a long time. And in that long time, we had no income, no money. And so what did I do? I started selling shit, dirt bikes, four wheelers, snowmobiles, every non-essential item I owned got sold, trying to maintain keeping my home, right? Which we had built my wife and I, in the forest, which was our dream home, just a tiny little 1,500 square foot timber frame, borrowing money from family and, and, and our parents, and them knowing the situation we were in, so them actually just like giving us food or whatever. That whole time I had to maintain like this super composure to try and sell this thing all this shit happening in the background. And I think it was like eight months. And I finally sold it. $200,000 I think it was. Which. Was cheap. For what we had built. Mm-hmm. Extremely cheap. But I was in a position where. We had nothing left. Had freaking nothing left, you know? It was super, super challenging, and I could have easily turned to substance abuse, which I didn't. I've never been into substances. I could have easily just fell off the deep end and felt like a failure, which I knew I wasn't. 
my wife wanted me to go find a job. She's like, that's what I was about to say. I How can't about do normal, this. normal. Hey, you go get a nine to five. Actually, I can't do this. I can't do this, Pete. I can't do this. During that eight month stint, you've got to figure something. I said, babe, I will find a way to make this work. And I believe everything happens for a reason. It happened for a reason. And I just kept that in the back of my head. And I pushed and pushed and pushed forward. And it wasn't freaking easy. Like it was super, super hard, like on us. But she stood by me. Unwavering, she stood by me. Never once did she want to leave. Did she not believe in me or not trust me, which is what I needed. And like I said earlier about filling the glass back up, it was empty. It was bone friggin' dry, bone dry. And she just put a little bit back in and we kept moving and kept chugging. Now, during that time period where you're looking to sell the old company, Mm -hmm. are you hatching plans or is you got to be 100% focused on just selling this company? My creativity dove to the bottom of the ocean. Done. I was, I don't, I've never experienced depression, you know, but I, I, I get it. I felt a little bit like a failure. Um, I felt a little bit like a failure, but I knew I wasn't. So every time I had a negative thought, I would just push through it. I just pushed through the thought. And what got me through a lot of that was training jujitsu, where I could expel my energy and use my creativity, which I thought I had lost in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. It's a very creative sport, art. And that kind of kept me, I guess it, it kept those endorphins flowing so I could maintain some stability. But tactically, your focus is sell. It's got to maintain sell. this, make it look good. Let, let's show them the numbers that are coming in yep. for our few clients you and what it. the projections could be. Yep. That's all you're doing. Yep. That's all you're doing. And you're, you're thinking when you sell that thing, you're going to have enough and you'll figure it out later, but you're not worried about it right now. Exactly. So you make the sale. I make the sale for the first year. We get a monthly check. Oh, it's like five grand a month or something. Not the full amount, just like five grand a month. Mm -hmm. So during that time, I decided to just take 12 months and figure out what comes next. And in that 12 months, I traveled around the country training jujitsu and filming a thing we call BJJ Weekly because that's what I was passionate about. And so we travel around and, and film technique and train and all this stuff. And it was like an excuse to train jujitsu. That's it. This newsletter. And after that 12 months and traveling around, it just struck me what I wanted to do. Years earlier, I had designed this logo for a gi brand off the cuff, came to me, I get my ideas in the morning. 
one morning I sat down and just boom, done five minutes, you know, sometimes you can have a client come in. We used to, and I'd spend a hundred hours on the friggin' logo. You know, people don't realize how much logos cost. And sometimes you just nail it like 10 minutes done, finished. It just, it just like getting hit by lightning, just boom, done. And that's what happened with this origin thing. I wanted to start a brand because what I had done and what I had learned and over that year of driving around and training and reconnecting with myself and my family was that I loved building brands and products. I loved taking something from nothing like a drawing and making it into something. And I had an aversion to the screen and in that space because of the new media thing. I was always on a screen and I, I, I just, I told the man, I, I, I need to like do something physically, like have something physical. I need to have a physical thing to do because I was an art major and I'm an artist and I zip up goalposts. Mm-hmm. I need a thing to do. So in jujitsu, I had seen that the the uniform like hadn't changed. I don't know. They've been wearing kimonos for a thousand years, but you know, judo, you know, hundreds of years, jujitsu, a hundred years in Brazil, same thing, same same damn thing. Hundred percent cotton uniform. This is what you wear. And I was like, why? Why do you wear that? You got Under Armour with like wicking stuff, and you've got air helmets instead of leather helmets, and you know just all these innovations in other sports and jujitsu had shit. We had nothing like wearing a bunch of just straight cotton balls and, you know, sweaty soaked in ghee that stretches and stinks bad. It sucked. And so to start, I was like, okay, I got to start. I got to start. Meaning you, you now have the vision. You, you yeah. see that geese haven't progressed. Right. You know that they can be made better. Yep. But you, but you don't actually eat. And so you say, okay, I want to make the best ghee in the world. Yeah. That's, that's the vision. Yes, it is. And you have to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. So I, I didn't know anything about textiles, but I knew about design and I knew about the human body and, you know, how the human body worked. And, and in, in college sports, you learn about that a lot. You know, mechanics, mechanics of the body. And they, they retrain you how to run in college. Like they, you all run the same, you do exercises. So you're all striking forward, striking with your foot. You all run the same. And so I designed like a gi pants and it was like the cowboy cut. Cause I knew that in jujitsu, when you like, you're, you're squatting a lot and on your knees and the material pulled up your, up your leg, but pulled down your butt. So you like got plumbers crack, <laughs> which sucks. So I designed like, so the knee pads came up to your hips. So when you squatted, it would pull from your hips, right? Instead of across to the top of your leg mm. and did, did some cool innovations like that. And then I was like, all right, time to go. So we launched a gi at, we, 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 we imported this gi from Pakistan, one gi. I was in the basement of my house and I was like, we're going to start this brand. So I hit in the basement sucked here comes a gi we shot a photo we saw some photos off it and i launched it through bjj weekly and boom 40 grand i was like 
Wow. But you didn't have any geese. No. <laughs> None. No geese. But I wanted to prove that we could do something right. different. And I trusted I could make it happen. No, we didn't have any geese. There's like 200 geese sold. I've got something here. I've got something good here. And I knew a new adventure was going to start. And my wife spun up. In a positive way? No. Oh. <laughs> she just like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm starting a ghee brand. And she like got sick. Like, I don't know, she might have had an anxiety attack mm. at first. Like, you, 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 you can't do this again. You can't, you, you know, you can't start another company. You know, it's like just, and I use this word lightly being around a war hero like you. <laughs> no war hero P here, I promise you that. PTSD of business. Right. That's a real thing. Like she, she, ha she had like PTSD of business because of what we had gone through and selling everything and the feeling you get that you keep, you, get, like, you keep this feeling. For me, I used it for drive. For her, she used it for, I don't ever wanna feel that again. That makes me like ill. Mm -hmm. For me, it was like, I'm never gonna feel that again. I'm gonna make sure I never feel that again and I'm gonna do something about it. So I did it anyways, started a company origin and that's when it began 2011 10 or 10, 2011 so how do you start it so you, you got one gi one you gi. sold 40 grand worth of one gi that you yeah, didn't have right what what's what do you do next and did you know at this point you wanted to make them in america had you figured that part out yet no no i i i let me take or that back. Or you figured you'd make them in America. I wanted be a big deal. to make them in America. And so I started like calling all the factories in, in Maine. Like, hey, you know, you guys sew stuff. Yeah, cool. Can you sew this? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For so those then, people that don't know, Maine has traditionally had a lot of industry up here. Manufacturing. Big time. Especially when we, when we were kids. Yes. Uh, you know, big brands up here that build a lot. You build yeah. all kinds of stuff. Bass shoe, 10 minutes away, sold out. Mm -hmm. Dexter shoe, Hayden shoe, Lou Hayden. He owned San Antonio shoe, passed away. Man, mm -hmm. huge companies. Uh, L.L. Bean, Bean, New Balance, New Balance. 20 yeah. minutes away. So rich heritage in manufacturing. But apparel in Maine, <laughs> a little different. We made shoes and we wove fabric and stuff like that. But apparel wasn't, wasn't the norm. So... What I did is we were in that basement and we're like, okay. And I just got to make this note that yeah. all those, a lot of those companies that you're talking about that had built all this stuff here for all those years, a lot of them had left. Yeah. So that, that's the, all, I, the all critical of them, situation. Except right? all of them had left. L.L. Bean, they still make some stuff here. The rest left, gone. So New Balance still makes some stuff here too. Yeah, right? New Balance does. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, New Balance is awesome. Uh, so... I was like, okay, we're gonna make a belt. That's what we're gonna do, we're gonna make a belt. A jujitsu belt? Yeah. yeah. So, there was this guy in Lewiston who ran this company, and uh, I called him up, I'm like, I need some sewing machines. 
And he's like, okay, well, why don't you stop by? And Lewiston, Maine, one of the manufacturing hubs of Maine at one time, walked in and he's like, what do you need? I was like, this is what I want to make. It's a belt for martial arts. He's like, okay. And I said, I just need some mach- a machine to do that. And like, I got 500 bucks cash I can spend on it. Um, can you give me something to practice with? And so he sold me a machine, showed me how to thread the bobbin, mm-hmm. showed me where it went, pulled through the needle. And I'm like, okay, okay. We filmed it. So we knew how to do it. So we're like filming him doing this. And I'm like, okay. So we took the sewing machine and then I put it in my basement next to the desk. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sewing machine. And my wife was just like <laughs> shaking her head. What luckily, <laughs> luckily we had sold a pre-order. So we had sold $40,000 in geese that didn't exist. So she had gotten off my back a little bit. So that machinery sat there and as we looked at trying to like make this gi, and I didn't say, oh, we're gonna make a gi in America. I just said, well, we're gonna make a gi. We're gonna change the gi. Mm-hmm. We're gonna change the gi first. So we, imp- we started the import game. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody's telling me manufacturing's dead. I did a few phone calls. Pretty much everybody's like, yeah, you can't really do that. And so I was like, okay, you know, and the whole time I'm thinking like, something's not right here that I can't do this. And I just couldn't put my finger on what it was. So I imported, you know, in 2011 and uh, May, we started in 2011 and into 2012. Did a few batches, did the whole, hey, limited edition batch thing, we're geese, but we promoted it with the innovations we had. It was still shit, you know, when it comes right down to it. What the ghee was? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It was still shit. It's so still using old textiles that yeah. have existed. So you design the Well, you said you imported one from Pakistan. Yeah. And then what did you do? Like cut it up and redesign it or something? Or did you send the yeah. design to them and they send you the finish? So I, I designed like a, everything in Illustrator, like a tech yeah. pack. Like yeah. I want this here. I want the knee pads here. They yeah. got to fall here. The you know belt loops because I don't want to untie the, you know, all this stuff. And, okay. and then they. And they send it. Yeah. Done. Yep. Okay. Finished. So, you know, you know, in Pakistan, um, they're like the manufacturing for martial arts, it's like the manufacturing hub in this little city called Sailcot. Yeah. They're actually like uh, almost like migrant workers. So there's a ton of factories, jujitsu factories, mm-hmm. but the workers are the same. Oh, the same guys in there? Yeah, all the same guys. They yeah, rotate yeah, yeah. or whatever. They rotate around. Oh, dang. Yeah. It's, hey, we got a contract over here. We're going to make yeah, let's 500 go make geese. Yeah. Get a bunch of guys show up there. They work for pennies. Of, yep. and Pennies. Yep. Yep. So we did the importing thing and we started to grow rapidly. We started to make money. And at that point, my other business, I was making kind of that monthly income. And then I got kind of like a chunk of money, like a hundred grand. I was like, all right, cool. I can like take a deep breath and really push this thing. And so I pushed it and we started selling more and more. Then I came out with this really cool backpack called a Mundial backpack, Mujal backpack technical backpack and we sold a ton of them thousand of them and then we came out with this product for grip training we weren't patenting anything we were just i was like boom because that's what i did like once i got on a roll it was like design this design this mm-hmm. and we were just selling 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 and during this time i was also competing 
you know, because I'm male. <laughs> it's jiu-jitsu. Say no more. <laughs> it's jujitsu, and you want to test yourself against the best in the world. So I was training hard. I had ended up winning the, the. Um, let me let me digress for a sec. I had seen another company release a product for grip training that looked exactly like ours. Mm. What was the product though? Was it your grip it, training one? Yeah, it's called an orangutan. Oh, okay. So it's you. It's like a, the gi and then it's collar like a and a sleeve. Bar. Yeah, with the, it's, yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And I was like. Bastards ripped us off, and I wasn't thinking my manufacturer or anything. But I'm just like, man, another company ripped us off. I should have patented that, you know, blah blah blah. Okay, so I was competing. I ended up going to Canada. I won the World Pro Trials. I was a brown belt at the time. Won the World Pro Trials in the black belt division because they, you know, they they put the divisions together as, you know, for that was in 2012. Now they, I think they separated them now again. But so I got to go over to. Abu Dhabi and compete in the world pro and, and as a brown belt in that black belt division. I'm sitting there before my match and I'm supposed to fight uh, Shanji Hibero in the quarterfinals of the open division. Sweet. And I, I, I'm going to say this. It was bad seating. Like the seating of the brackets was not mm. good. Okay. Um, like I had in my bracket a guy from uh, Brazil, a JT Torres, uh, a Shanji, and maybe Andre Galvão. And so JT didn't want to fight. So he, so I fought the other kid from Brazil, and he was much smaller, and I was athletic and good, and I, I ended up winning. And then JT just kind of like didn't want to fight. Mm-hmm. So then he coached me against Shanji. We had a war. <laughs> it was good, man. I had a last couple of seconds, man. It was very close. Um, the for problem was- don't know, Shanji is multiple time yeah. world champion. Yeah. Phenomenal. One of the best of all time. One of the best of all time yeah. in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Awesome guy yeah. too. Awesome guy. Awesome guy. So, but the seating was bad. Like Lovato wasn't in it. Like there was a couple other guys. I don't know, just- my division could have been tougher and I would have gotten my ass kicked a lot earlier. Okay. <laughs> so, but we had a war and it was awesome. And maybe I would have won if I had worked harder or maybe I would have won if that girl from Poland didn't walk by me right before the match with an origin Gion and a different logo on the back. And what was on so my, your cut, of a gi, like the gi that you designed. Yeah. And you see a girl from Poland who's competi- competing. She walks by. Yeah. It was, it was actually, uh, it was, it was, uh, the, pa- the pants. Yeah. It was the pants or there's a logo, different logo on the back, but our whole thing, your design, yeah, lo- but, different, but logo. different logo. Yeah. I knew it was my manufacturer and then everything clicked. They ripped off the orangutan grip trainers. Okay. Okay, but what am I to do because I'm locked into these guys now? So I had to strategize. So I went out and lost in the quarterfinals. Got on an airplane, worst freaking flight of my life. Because I'm an ADHD kid and I can't be stuck in a freaking seat for 14 hours. That sucks. 
And on the ride back, I was talking to JT, who I'd become good friends with. And he was kind of like in a tricky position in life. He was still with his instructor in Maryland and just didn't know kind of what to do. He wasn't progressing. And he's, he was telling me like, man, I gotta, I've got to get, like I have to do a full workout before I can actually train with the guys because he was so good. He just wasn't mm-hmm. getting it, you know? And you know the mecca of jiu-jitsu, you know, yeah. is California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd go so far as to say San Diego. San Diego. That's where he went. Yeah, San Diego. Yeah. That's where he went. So he was figuring his whole thing out. SoCal for sure. SoCal, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He was figuring his whole thing out. And all I'm thinking about is like this problem. <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I think I'm going to build a factory. <laughs> um, we're on the airplane. I was like, he's looking at me like, oh, yeah, I want to build a factory. Screw this shit. <laughs> this is bullshit. I said, I, I'm not competing anymore. I'm done. And all he wanted to do was win the world championship. So we kind of like helped each other a little bit in that plane ride back, like kind of, you know, bouncing ideas off each other. <laughs> Decompression. Yeah. Decompression. So I, I got back and I... Skyped my manufacturer and I was like over Skype I'm like this is bullshit you freaking I didn't say that so you fucking ripped off our intellectual property and sold it to other brands and he said business is business Dang. You ever have a defining moment in your life where you just turn on and you're like, yep, done. I knew at that moment what we were going to do. Like, it was clear. It became clear. And I knew the challenge in front of me and I knew it was insane and I knew it couldn't be done. And I was like, it's happening. (laughs) Props. So, so, uh. I got to tell you a, a little bit of the, what happened right after. Right after that, I went out to the world championships to compete because I had already signed up. And that was going to be my year. We were there and there was this brand there. And I walked up and I walked by and I, I did a double take. I was like, what? And I looked to the right and there's our Mundial technical backpack right there but with red with and their logo on it. it I went up to the guy and I was like dude I said got any original ideas and everybody there's a badass except for this guy who doesn't do jujitsu who does nothing right just some chubby dude who wants to capitalize on the success of combat sports and jujitsu's growth in California and I'm not going to name the company. And I was like, that is weak. I said, in bullshit. I said, get some original friggin' ideas. I went down, walked down, and myself and uh, the Deco, our business partner, and Enya, his wife, and my wife were down there. And I told my wife, in spin did she ever, <laughs> she went up there. And she flipped out on Damn. the guy. Amanda bringing it. She's bringing it 5'2", 103 pounds. 
a fury. <laughs> yeah. French Canadian fury. fury. Yeah. Done. It was awesome. We flew back, and, and the, the picture was already clear. This was just like added motivation. Right. Just added motivation. I called one of my buddies, Tim, and, and John was already working for me from my last business. Mm-hmm. The sole survivor. The sole survivor. Moved back to Farmington. What we did is we grabbed that like that tape you put around trees when you want to um, flag trees to mm-hmm. cut in Maine. You got to flag mm-hmm. the trees to cut. And we kind of, I'm like, all right, John, I have seven acres of property, which is, okay, listen, seven acres is not a lot of property in Maine. Right. You can buy property in Maine for $500 an acre in some places, private sale. So let's just make that clear. Seven acres is not a lot. But we have seven acres of land in the woods. And so I like flagged out. I'm like, we're going to build a factory here. We just flagged it out like this. And this is based on the architectural design that your engineer put through for your factory? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're just I like, wish. I think a factory yeah. should be about <laughs> this big. Yeah. This looks like a factory size. That's so, so awesome. <clears throat> I called a buddy and he brought his chainsaw over. And they're just like, all right, let's just do it. And we just rah, 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 just started cutting trees. My father-in-law came over with a chipper. We chipped it out. Okay, we stumped it. We pulled the stumps out. We're pretty resourceful up in here. And may you ever heard of Yankee ingenuity? That term, for sure, that happens. So what did we do? We cleared it. We did a little bit of earthwork. I got on the compactor and compacted all the sand and poured a slab. Had had some some guy some company uh saw out a bunch of eastern white pine and had my buddy build build a barn factory (laughs) barn and we just spent i don't know eight sixteen eight i don't know how many hours we slept in zero hours around the clock we just built this thing from the ground up myself my brother friends family and we just we did it we built it then we stuck a sewing machine in there. <laughs> that, that sewing machine that you <laughs> had for the basement. Yeah. yeah. We're like, what are we doing? And that's where it began. And and we you know, the thing is is like if you listen, I'm I'm all for planning. I I I like to plan the what's gonna happen and then I like to like you say execute it. I like to execute that plan, but do it. And I like to lead the plan. And I'm, I'm shitty when it comes to like, I'm always making sure everybody's living up to their expectations. Like as part of the plan, if they bought into it, you better have fully bought into it. There's no room for like slacking. Like if I'm working till midnight, you're working till midnight, <laughs> right? You're not leaving. So that's what we did. And I'm a pusher too, like a push, push, push. I like to see how much I can get out of somebody to push them to their potential and see where their breaking point is so I can learn about the person, but also get the best out of them. So we did it, we built a factory, and uh, that's where it started. So then comes what, what's next, sewing machines? Yeah, and sewing and, machines. And some, and you started looking for staff that knew how to sew. Yeah, exactly. So we didn't have any lights yet, we had one sewing machine, and we just like, okay, this is how we're, this is how you sew. And I found this old timer, Bill, who came down and he's like explaining the different types. He's been in the business for 40 years, fixing sewing machines. And he's just like, 
you know, in his accent, he's like, you know, you got the, you got a single needle machine and a double needle and you've got the locking stitch and a chain stitch and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm just like, whoa. And so I just absorbed, became completely absorbed in that, right? Learning about sewing machines. I learned how to, how to run them, how to fix them, what they were good for, the different types of feeding, you know, all, all, everything about sewing machines. I was like, cool, I know about sewing machines. Now we need some fabric. So I started looking for fabric. Mm -hmm. Guess what? They don't make fabric in the United States. They don't make fabric that we needed in Mexico. They don't make fabric in Canada. Shit, they don't make fabric for jujitsu geese. And I was like, what are we going to do? What would you do? You just built a factory and you have all these sewing machines. And what would you do? So, so your only option at this point is got to order the material from gotta overseas. Got to order the material from overseas. You got it. That's what you're going to do, right? I was like, screw that. And so I started looking for like weaving. And so I just... You know, I was looking for weaving, like, hey, 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 you guys weave. Can you weave some fabric for us? Yeah, 100,000 yards, you know, 12 bucks a yard. I'm like, <laughs> no. So I'm just looking, 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 looking. And did you ever order any material? I did. Okay, because you, you, you had to sell geese. I mean, you I had, had to, to make geese, some man. money. You we had got to... an investment into this thing now. Right. And I didn't, I had, I didn't pay, take a paycheck for like the first two years of business I didn't take a paycheck maybe three mm -hmm. I didn't pay myself once every dime I just dump back in dump back in dump back in weaving was impossible right you're not gonna freaking weave material so I I did I imported material for that first year and we we figured out how to make a gi and it was a pain in the ass and that first week, we finished the week, and I called Dedeco, and I said, we made five pairs of pants this week. And he's like... Not really high production. <laughs> Dude, I was just like, what am I doing? And I kind of started... You were telling that story, you like legit were questioning. Oh, I spiraled down? Like... Oh my God! You know, yeah. you thought you were gonna make two hundred geese in a week, and you, or gee pants in a week, and you make five, five, five pairs of pants. I was just mind-boggling, mind-boggling. And Jill was my first teacher. She's still with us today. The one you were talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah. Dude, I did not know what to do. I was truly at a loss for. I didn't have anybody to like teach me about how to manufacture, like mm -hmm. how you should set this up. Because I, I, the knowledge had disappeared out of the state. It was gone. It, the folks that used to do that stuff, either they've passed or they're, they've moved on. They're snowbirds. They moved to Florida, whatever. They weren't around. Right. So I had a lot of late nights by myself in my basement with a glass of whiskey. I started to have that feeling come back of that like failure feeling. And 
didn't know what to do. I was like, what did I get myself into? You know, like, what, what are you doing? Like, how do you, what am I doing? And then I figured, like, I cannot, basically, like, I can't do this alone type of situation. Mm-hmm. And in a conversation with my father-in-law, I was like, Joe, man, I need to talk to somebody who's, like, been there and done that and, like, done, built something from nothing. And he's like, Pete, he's like, I've got a friend that he did some work for and his bulldozer. My father-in-law's a heavy mechanic, repair, uh, heavy machinery mechanic. And so we made a phone call to this guy, John. I'll leave his last name out. And John said, yeah, I'll meet with Pete. He said, here's the date and time. Meet me at my lake house. So I showed up at his lake house, and I sat down, and he shook my hand, and he said, let me tell you something. You're not fucking special. I'm already beat down. <laughs> Just and I'm using his words. Mm-hmm. You're not fucking special. Your ideas aren't special. And nobody gives a shit. And I was like, okay. Motivational speaker. Yeah. Getting after it. Nobody gives a shit. Yep. I said, reality check. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. He goes, what's your problem? I said, man, I, I, we need money to, like, he's like, no, you don't. I said, no, we need, we need, we need money to, to like do this, to like learn how to do this and build this and like make this happen. I need money, the capital. He goes, Pete, were you in the back of your mind thinking you had good capital investor right here? He's a big guy with a lake house and maybe this guy's going to throw two G's at you? No, no, I wasn't there for financial a financial, uh, I wasn't looking for But that him. was the solution that you saw. You didn't That's think the it was going to come from him. You just thought, I need money for this thing. Only solution. I need money. And as he kind of like beat me down, and this guy ran like a 50, uh, I think they're a $100 million company now. At that point, it was $50 million. And he was kind of retired and doing his thing. And giving his time to me for free, to help another kid from industry, Maine, succeed. He basically educated me in two hours, educated me. And I walked away from that meeting like with a plan, a plan of action. What was like, what was the, the big takeaways? He told me I need to basically find out who I was and do a, a personality profile. Uh, and he goes, you're probably, what did he say? An INFJ, something like that. Mm-hmm. He like guessed it. Um, or an INEJ. I'm not even exactly sure what it was. So I did my personality profile to find out my strengths and weaknesses. And it was spot on. I was like, holy shit, this is kind of like crazy. And, uh, then he told me, you're not all in. You don't really want to win at this. I was like, no, I do. Then go all in. How much do you believe in it? Because there's a million friggin' people like you. 
He said, there's a million people like you and a million great ideas and less than 1% are willing to go and chase it and go all in and do it. Are you one of those people? And if you are, solve the money problem and solve the rest of the problems. The next day I was at the bank signing my home away with my wife by my side. She was stoked. For a $200,000 loan. That was tough for her. Two things, uh, as you were saying them, there's a big difference. You put them together, which is when you put them together, it makes sense. But chasing your goals, chasing your dream, and being all in. No, it's just not even the same. Not, not the same things. No. Now, if you're all in, and then you have to chase it. You, you don't even know what else to do besides chase it. Right. But I think some people, they, they chase it, but they're running like half speed. Yep, and I was a half speeder. Yeah. It's awesome. You, you got to be uncomfortable. That's basically what I took away from that. And he's the one that told me. He said, Pete, how old are you? I said, I'm 30. What's your problem? <laughs> I said... I'm, we're we're going to get John on the podcast at some point. I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm stuck. He goes, you got three more chances. He's like, I'm 60. You got three more chances. He's like, if you believe in it, and he's the one that told me, everything in life, everything great takes 10 years to build. Go build it and be committed because it's going to take 10 years to build it. But if you believe in it, you have to go all in. And if you got to put up your house, put up your house. You'll work your way out of it eventually. So that's what I did. I followed his advice and I went all in. He also told me the moment you stop growing, you die. He said, if you stop growing, you will die. The moment you want to do something different, than what you're doing, the moment your mind wanders to wanting to be somewhere else, your business also dies. And you need to recognize that. And that first meeting with him was just, it just changed my, changed my game. And when I signed my name on that loan, when I signed my home to the bank to receive that check, I was laser focused. It's like being in the woods on an early morning hunt when it's dark and the sun is coming up and the, and the, and the, and the leaves go, right? As the sun hits the leaves, hits the trees, and you're waiting, right, for the deer, for, the, for whatever you're hunting. That's what I felt like about business. I, the same feeling you get from that, I felt laser focused. And it's like everything just opened up. Like my mind opened, like the synapses connected, and I was a, like a new, per, a new entrepreneur. I was like new. And that's what I mean by like you can't. You're always born an entrepreneur. You're not born an entrepreneur. You need to get punched in the face. And John punched me right in the nose. It was awesome. So the next step is you order some material, but that's not your long-term plan. Right. 
and and the next thing you do is you go we got to make this material we got to make ourselves. the material we got to make the material i had called every used textile company in the united states every used textile company to try and find this machinery we had to weave our own fabric it wasn't a sustainable model without weaving our own fabric they're all like it's just not gonna happen i'm like what is it to get set up million dollars right 750 grand this is to buy a brand new loom. This is to buy looms. Get the operational and, yeah. experience in there. And, and, that they're going to send you from the factory after they build this loom. They'll send right. you a guy that's going to help you run it and yeah, get it yeah, all yeah. set up. Exactly. We just need a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's just not going to happen. So I was like, okay. In business, it's like boxing. Like, it's like jujitsu. It's all about the angles. You know, people get so stuck on like one angle, they can only see that one angle. And I just had to like, I had to step to the side and I had to see this angle. I knew Maine had a heritage in weaving. I knew there was weaving here at one point. And so I went back to that same old timer in Lewiston, Maine, who had sold me my first sewing machine. And I sat in his office and I said, you know where there are any looms? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, a weaving loom, like to weave fabric. He goes, get in my truck. <laughs> I get in his truck. We drive up one street and get out and there's this massive building. It's like, a, uh, I think total square footage was like 1.5 million square feet. Good Lord. Mostly abandoned. A few businesses in the front that they've refurbished. And there's a museum there. And walks in and he introduces me to this woman, Rachel. And he says, Rachel, this is Pete. He's looking for a loom. And she goes, well, follow me. She made me sign a release. We went up these stairs and into this old mill five. And the floorboards, the windows were all broken. The sawtooth building, you know, the sawtooth yep, mill buildings. Yep, the windows were all school. broken. The wood was all punky and like all bent up and splintered. You had like watch where you're walking. And there's this big green nasty thing sitting in the middle of the floor right there in this whole place. And we walk over to it. She's like, I need to get rid of this. And I'm like, this is a loom. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yep. I said, holy shit. Where's the rest of them? They shipped them overseas. A company in India bought us, bought, bought out the mill and they shipped everything overseas. And she goes, I kept this one. I kept it here because I wanted to put it in the museum so we didn't lose our Dang. heritage. Dang. I said, can I buy it? And she said, yep. And I said, how much? She said, 3,000 bucks. I said, okay, done. Man. And this was a, like I just want to point this out. The 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 floor is all broken. The windows are broken, and the loom is like rusty, right? Oh, dude, it's this terrible. thing is not like this. This thing is a disaster. When was the last time it was used? How many years ago? Oh, eighties. 
it was it's an 83 it's like a 1983 i don't know when the last time it was used but it hadn't been had any love for a long long time <laughs> most of the parts were stripped off of it it was like a frame just like an infrastructure mm-hmm. i said okay I'm, i'll buy it i'm gonna buy this loom <laughs> yeah so you've got to be a little bit naive to be in business and think you can accomplish anything that's the bottom line and I was pretty pretty driven and naive to think that we could weave fabric, but I believed we could. So she sold me it, and then I called my father-in-law, and I said, I got a loom. It's on the third floor of this old mill in Lewiston, Maine, and we need to get it out. And I got a quote on moving it, and it was $25,000 to move it. <laughs> and I'm like, we're going to move it. And he's like, okay. So I got a bunch of friends. We went up there, took nine guys, eight hours to move it from the middle of the floor to the edge of the building. Dang. And we had another friend who had a crane, and we ended up getting it out and onto a trailer in put it in the factory and then we were like what are we doing <laughs> dude <laughs> and it was awesome it was awesome so that's where it started uh you know it's it, it, i always believe like if it was done it can be done like if it if if you know in maine we have this thing like maine at one point was 90 percent fields how to become 90% fields, you know, a hundred years ago, hands in daylight, hands in daylight, right? How were these mill buildings built? Hands in daylight. That's it. These people, they got after it. Mm-hmm. I mean, why? Because if you don't, you die. That's it. You're going to die. So you've got a farm. You've got to know how to build a house. You got to know how to start a fire. Like that culture of new England is still rich, you know, it's still passed down. We burn wood, everybody burns wood. We build our own shit, you know, houses, everything. That's what we do. Why is everybody saying we can't manufacture, we can't weave, we can't cut and sew? That's bullshit. If they did it, we can do it because they did it with a lot less. I found a guy, Lenny, when that mill shut down, he had a contract to go over to um, Pakistan, Pakistan of all places, to teach them how to run the looms that were purchased. And a month later it was 9-11 and he didn't go and he stayed here. Thank God because he's the last, he's like the last one left that can actually get this thing going and make it work again. I asked Lenny, how many people know what you know? He said, a whole bunch. I said, well, what's a whole bunch? He's like like five. (laughs) So he, Lenny passed his knowledge on us weaving and pattern making for textiles and all this stuff. And that's a whole nother story, maybe for a different time. 
but we started weaving fabric and we became vertically integrated and we started making the product from raw cotton from Tennessee. What did it feel like the first time that thing created, created dude, like fabric? Dude, you must have dude, been Dude, we just, freaked out. We were just like, he's just like, uh, we had the, we had like the pack, like we had to make pearl weave. And so we did, we made pearl weave. We like took the pearl weave apart. That was, uh, like from the imported fabric is like, um, we just picked it apart and Lenny looked at it and figured out what size thread, you know, yarns and the weight and everything. So we just recreated it and he turned it on for the first time. You know how, how long it took to clean that thing? 40 man hours to clean it. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it needed cleaning before we did anything cleaning. Then we had to buy all the parts or have it machined and just to get it going again. He turned it on for the first time and it was like, and I looked at John, my employee John, Lenny, and I said, holy shit. And then, and there it comes, and it's just, and there's the pearl weave coming off the loom. Man, it was so exciting. I was like, nobody's ever done this. Nobody's ever done this. And it was, I was super proud. I was like, we're, we're freaking doing it. We are doing it. And then we announced it to the world. We thought. <laughs> we still got a lot of work to do. But uh, then we announced it to the jiu-jitsu world. That's it, man. And that was it. So I don't that, even want to tell you the challenges after weaving. How do you color this stuff? Yeah. How do you do this? <laughs> I mean, there's and so I'll much. I'll tell you, like, I, like I, I was telling you before, when when I was in the SEAL teams in the early 90s, yeah. we didn't have the, the the custom gear, right? You couldn't buy this stuff on the internet from these tactical companies, right? right. So we, we made stuff. And we had, we had parachute riggers, which are the people that pack parachutes. But in a parachute loft, you've got a, a nice medium duty and sometimes a heavy duty sewing machine. Yep. And so we would make our own gear. And and us guys like we would kind of get into it a little bit and I, you know, I had a, a lot of seals would have their own um, you know, sewing machines and you know, you'd make gear. And some people would be good at it. Some people get really good at it. And I was not one of those people. And it, because, you know, there's these little threads and you got to get these things working right. You put yeah, it through yeah. the thimble and through the oh, whatever. It's, it's all so this crazy. stuff. It's yeah, all like, this stuff. Yeah. And so, and every time I'd like start sewing, it would just, you know, fall apart. Bird's like nest. bird's nest yeah. and just mayhem. And when I see like the loom yeah. with it looks like stress you out. One billion threads coming through these little things, and and they're flowing through. And then you look on the other side, and all that craziness. There's like these hundreds of thousands. It looks like little pins that are moving and things that are pulling apart. It's crazy. And then it comes out the other side, and you see this pattern. Yeah. And, and it it makes me. It actually does stress me. Yeah, I see it. I go, man. I I can't be in here for too long because I'm freaking out. Just thinking, if I get too close to these things, oh yeah. My my presence will cause disturbances in the force oh, yeah. and things oh, will go wrong. It, yeah. I'm not allowed to be in there for very long cuz I like I'm not I'm I've got a, I've got an issue, you, you know, a subliminal issue with threads. And so I keep I even today I said like keeping a little distance yeah. from the machines. Yeah. I don't want to foul them up. You guys have the magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like stay away from that. But yeah to see that and and to even imagine it like, you know, again as a novice person working with a sewing machine as a young kid 
the how hard it was for me to do it and then like I was watching Jill the other wham 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 just hammering you're just it's like a such a good craft such a good skill to have and and just to see the loom and all those different parts you're saying to yourself well for one thing like good luck like somebody yeah. wants to do what we're doing oh how, how, go yeah do it yeah have fun with that yeah. one not happening. Not happening. But by the way, we bought the last loom in the U.S. <laughs> so so yeah. you're screwed from yeah, the you're go. Screwed. Yeah, it, absolutely. And and the last bit of knowledge which, exi- which exists. Yeah. yeah, man. And so then, you know, you you take and you start weaving it, and now you're starting to sell geese. And how's yeah. business going now? Now you're able to put on something made in the USA. 100%. And that's from the dirt. To the shirt, yeah, man, rod, rod already, dirt to shirt, right? I mean, because field to finish, because the cotton is coming from Tennessee Delta region, Tennessee, spun in the Carolinas, and shipped up to us. That's like the that's old school, freaking right. It that's is the way it's supposed to work. <laughs> that's old school, making shit. You know, I mean, I talked today a little bit at our grand opening about like. Mainers, generations of folks that put their hands on something, right? They're makers. They need to make something, and they're trying to cross-train these people to type on a computer, you know, do mundane office type of tasks, filing papers, Mm -hmm. answering the phone and call centers, these people want to make shit. Mm-hmm. We're known in Maine for being some of the best craftspeople in the world. The products that come from Maine are some of the best products in the world. And to be part of resurrecting that heritage is it's incredible, you know, and it is our ultimate mission, you know, to resurrect our heritage in manufacturing and build old world level quality products and stand behind it, stitch, every stitch, every, every yarn in the weave. And that's what we're all about. And that's what Origin stands for. With a little bit more modern look and feel, but sourcing and manufacturing 100% in the U.S. And I, I, we won't compromise on that ever. Like other companies do when they get greedy and they say, well, it's time to look at the numbers. It's time to increase the margins and we got to import some of this stuff. Nope. We're, not, we're just not doing it. It's just not happening. I was in at Bath Ironworks for the, awesome. the christening of the USS Michael Monsoor, obviously awesome. named after Michael Monsoor. And it was awesome for me. You know, I, I enlisted in the Navy from da- down in Portland and to come back 26 years later and see what you're talking about, what, what I knew existed in New England, in Maine, and, and seeing the pride that these, you know, ship builders, the iron workers, the, the, the pride that they took in that ship named after a, a, a saint of a human being. 
and you know that's one of the things that I tied to origin because I knew what you were doing up here yeah and um, you know to kind of get to how we ended up joining forces it's funny because you know you were just some guy you know some crazy guy up in Maine in my opinion Mm -hmm. that I'd I'd seen a couple of your videos and I've seen it I see a a dude you know you have the video that shows you pulling this freaking loom out of this factory and I'm just thinking to myself, this guy is insane, and I think I like him. And, and, and I had actually, the funny thing is, for my gym in San Diego, Victory MMA, I wanted to make jiu-jitsu geese in America. And yeah. so I was like, okay, this, I, I looked around, I find one guy that's doing it, it's you. We, like three or four years ago, we went yeah. back and forth on email, and you know nothing ever came of it because you know, I was busy, you were busy, and just nothing happened. But I always just remembered, hey, you know what? This guy up in Maine, he's 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 doing what he's doing it the right way, and what happened was the way we actually got connected was I was on a Facebook Live, just talking to people, and someone says, "What kind of gee should I get?" And I just rattled off. I go, "Hey man, if you get if you need a gee, you're starting jujitsu, or you're good at jujitsu, or you just want a good gee, mm-hmm. I go get a gee from Origin." OriginMain.com. I go get, get a gee from there. I go this crazy guy up there. He fixed a loom. <laughs> I, I can't say it without laughing because it's so crazy. I'm like he took a loom out of a fa- out of a broken factory and he refurbished that thing with his team and they built. You know they're doing it. They're building it. So if you need a gee, I, I said I try and talk to this guy because I had I had reached out to you a couple times through various even since the time I asked for for uh, geese. Right. I'd said sent you an email or something. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to talk to him. If anybody knows this guy, his name is Pete. I go tell him I said, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, this this awesome woman that listens to the podcast, mm-hmm. her, her name is Sarah Armstrong, and she's super squared away, you know, uh, professional mm-hmm. with, a, with a big company. And, she, you know, she had communicated me with the various things over the, over the past year that I've been doing the, the podcast and whatnot. And for she said, oh, I'll take that for action. And she... <laughs> contacted me. she contacted you she called me it's <laughs> so, what'd she say she just said uh you basically she's like have you heard of this guy jocko willink and dude i'm sorry i had my head up my ass for the last dude, five years trying to build this factory no factor and i was like you're like who no and then so you know what do i do i dig i'm like holy shit I'm like this guy is making some waves. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> and so uh I did a little recon. Yeah. And then I reached out to yeah. you after that. And, and and what's awesome is like I had no idea what we were going to do. Yeah. Um you know, we went back and forth a couple times on email and then finally you're like, "Hey man, let's let's just go to Skype, yeah, right? Let's I hate do email. Skype." Because we'd been, I'd say, hey, you know, do you want to do something? You're like, yeah, I want to do something. What do you want to do? I'm like, well, let's, fi- you know, figure it out. Send me an email about this. You're like, how about we do a Skype call? So I, I, I have my meetings, like, scheduled, and I'm yeah. working all day. Sure. And I blocked two hours. I'm like, you know what? This is probably going to take a while to get this conversation going. I'll block yeah. two hours. Or we're just going to get on Skype and make this happen. We'll figure out what we can do. So we end up talking on Skype for four hours. Four hours. hours. <laughs> talking. 
laughing, talking, laughing, yelling, yelling, uh, <laughs> laughing more, <laughs> laughing more. Um, after I got off, my wife goes, "It sounded like you were talking to you." <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> she was a little scared, yeah. and uh, and it was just you know it was it, it was, was awesome for me. It was you know the things that I believe in as as an American, as a person, as a New Englander. It was like you had the thing that I didn't have, right? Like, you know, for instance, we're, we're, we're making things, we're building things, but we don't have vertical integration. Mm-hmm. We don't, we didn't, ha- we, weren't, we weren't doing it the way I want to get it done. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm saying, hey, like, let's join forces. Yeah, absolutely. And from my perspective, of course, I was like, this dude is for real. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I would have told my wife, I was like, man, this guy. He's, he's on another level. And we, we had been like looking for somebody. I remember talking with the deco and it's like in jujitsu, it's like, uh, you've got all these world champs and then you have like the flavor of the month guys with like a the fancy jujitsu stuff. And we just, it just was never part of our plan to sponsor jujitsu world champions. Right. Because what we were trying to build is like much bigger than that. It's like, man, we've been talking for like a year, like we need to, we need to find somebody or partner somebody with somebody that like represents origin through and through in multiple ways. This isn't possible. You, we will not find this person. <laughs> it's not possible. And then we talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you were, we were talking earlier today. And this was this was classic because I didn't remember this. So for those of you that know anything about negotiation, whether yeah. you're negotiating a car purchase or whatever, one of the things, one of the tactics mm-hmm. of negotiation is you don't give a number first. So if, if I want, if if Echo wants to buy these sunglasses, mm-hmm. he, and he says, "How much are these?" I don't say they're 10 bucks because what if he was willing to pay 20? Right. So, so, you know, if, if he says how much of these, I go, well, you know, what are you willing to pay for them? And right. then he should say, well, you know, I don't know. What are they worth to you? Right. And so Pete and I had the textbook. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was more than that though, because oh, oh. it was, it was the strategies is like, what do you got to do? Well, you've got to, you've got to devalue or show value. So, you know, going back and forth, well, well yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but you know, it's like, you know, back and forth, battle, battle, battle. Yeah. And then I caved. And then so so I, we were trying to figure out the value of whatever of something, and and I'm like, well, you know, like you know, just give. I mean, what if you had to? What would you? What would you say a number would be for that? And and he's, you know, he gives me X, and and I didn't remember doing this, but he told me that, and then I remembered. And so he says, you know, the value is probably X, and I went. You're weak. Yes. He just spoke and we both started laughing hysterically because oh, we've really? been playing the game for like so long, and, and it was like actually that is what. Like both, I think both of us realized like we were just let let's just get it, let's do this. Yeah. But actually, you know, I'm busy, you're busy, yeah. And so, so we and we actually we both definitely got along. Yeah. We we I mean I think both of us felt really solid about the other person, but we didn't quite figure out how to we couldn't figure out how to make this work. Yeah, it right. Was, it was um, tough. You know, he's got something that he's put years of blood sweat and tears into I've got something that I've been doing my my life has been to get to here and so we just couldn't quite figure out how this was gonna work so we just you know we kept in touch a little bit of conversation over the next um, you know couple months and then 
I knew I was going to Maine. Yeah, you, 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 you kept. <laughs> I gotta ask you something now. Yo, Do you, you knew you were coming to Maine. I knew you were coming to Maine. Neither of us like we didn't text back and forth until the last minute because I knew the date you were coming to Maine. Uh huh. Did you? Were you planning on a meeting when you came to Maine the whole time? I definitely knew we needed to meet. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you were icing me. <laughs> you put me on ice, dude. <laughs> I, I thought him. I was putting you on ice. <laughs> <laughs> we were both on ice. Yeah. Uh, so that was an that was that was like the meeting. We were awesome. Awesome. We, we we met up in Portland. Uh, we had dinner. We actually both brought our wives, and I, and I my wife is always too busy to do anything business wise with right. me. So she was super stoked to even be around and meet Amanda and everything. And you know, you we, we sat there. Our wives don't even know what they were doing because right. you and I were just in the zone. After it in we the were game. in the zone. And and at the end of the night, we, we figured out hands. and we shook hands. And yeah. and I knew right there we were good. We, yeah. we we crafted a deal that was awesome. Yep. It was awesome for both of us. It was awesome for everything that both of us want to achieve. And it it, it turned into not even both of us. It just turned into us. Exactly. And, and that was awesome. And I think one of the best like lessons learned from for me what is just an incredible opportunity that's how i see opportunity in crafting a deal is making sure that you're both getting what you want and you're both a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. so that you continue to feel a little bit of the struggle to make sure you can Take it over the goal line, right? You're too comfortable. You become complacent. Mm-hmm. Bite off a little more than you can chew, <laughs> and you're going to be chewing for much longer. So that's it's, it was important. It was it's awesome. Yeah, and so just to, so everyone knows, I mean, I've been saying it like we're partners. You know, we're, we're partners with with the podcast and what what Echo and I have been doing for the last couple of years. And what Orgy been, has been doing for the last five years, seven years, five, uh, five, five years, uh, 11, six years, yeah, six years. And and at the end of the night, when we got done eating our steaks in Portland, Maine, uh, we shook hands. And and this whole, you know, you've described it as like a perfect storm, which is what it feels like to me. You it know, is the, hey man, like, I was born in Gloucester. <laughs> there you go. It is the perfect there storm. There you go. We got. <laughs> we um, are the perfect storm. Yeah. Um, and and so that's what's going on is that you know now we've got uh, this and we join forces and uh, that we we both complement each other's you know in in terms of our business we complement each other's weaknesses in terms of our personalities we, we complement each other's weaknesses and we're, we're and the best part about it is the whole time that we're doing it we're actually laughing our asses off at each other and exactly. having a great time which is which is what it's all about. So that's where we're at. That's why we're here, by the way. Yeah, that's why we're here, by the way. In Farmington, Maine, in the Origin Factory, 20,000 square feet, we're gonna end up with how many employees in here? In a year, how many employees are we gonna have in here? Oh, probably in a year. I don't know, 30, 40, 50? I mean, somewhere in there, you know, between 30 and 50. That's in a year. But remember, this is a start. We're starting. And so in five years, we're gonna have a lot of people. Oh yeah. We're, and people ask, what are you gonna make? 
everything and I say we're gonna make everything <laughs> everything that I use in my life I want it made here in America from the shorts to the hats everything and that's what we're gonna do beanies uh, probably pants thicker, thicker hoodies, pants probably. you know what I was at a store the other day uh, you know like a hardware store but mm-hmm. a big one mm-hmm. where they sell work clothes and, and I said to myself you know let's just because obviously I'm thinking about this all the time now you know it's hard hard to look at work clothes and you say of course American workers they would want to wear American made clothes mm-hmm. where are these clothes made they're not made here they're no. not made in America they're not made by American hands um, so I, I think it's, we're gonna be in a take no prisoners scenario and we're gonna Get after it. We're not just going <laughs> to take no prisoners. We are going to chase the big dogs. Look Indeed. out. Look out. Yeah. Listen and look out. <laughs> and that's not that's not a, like an ego thing. That's the truth. Yeah. Listen yeah. and look out. Yeah, and like I said today when when you when you rekindle the fire, yeah, of manufacturing and the, you rekindle I mean just talking to Talking to the employees here. Mm-hmm. This is what they want to do, hundred percent. And this is what they're made to do. That's right. And like you said, they want to take these things and build them with their hands. You got it. And that opportunity has been taken away in the last twenty-five years, and we're bringing it back. And that is awesome. Appreciate that. Glad to have you as part of it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's what we did, Echo Charles. Right now, my brother. <laughs> Speaking of what we do, sure. Why don't you do what you do? I have a question. After you ask a question, (laughs) (laughs) do you find it poetic that the origin logo is that circle? Remember when you were getting shit from the politician guy? That's funny. I never thought about that. And now you have an origin logo that's a circle. It is. So that kind of in and of itself is like a circle. Yeah, you it's actually it is a wave. It's yeah. a it's actually like a rip curl wave. Is that what that logo? It's the it's the flow, the jujitsu flow, the surf flow, the snowboard. It's a wave, mm-hmm. is what that is, and it's, so it's breaking. Symbolic yeah. is what it'd call it. I was gonna say ironic, but that's not ironic. No, right? symbolic. No, symbolic. We'll go yeah. with symbolic. So yeah, uh, and no one yeah. even remembers that. I don't even remember who that politician was. It doesn't even matter. Nope. They're going to know right. that origin symbol. Origin That's right. <laughs> In the industry, or we call that layers. Mm-hmm. True story. Anyway, speaking of layers. Got it. And support, by the way. Support this podcast and yourself. OriginMain.com. Speak of the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you could support. Yeah. So. Good to know. What do we got? Geese. So that's the thing. From the beginning, people ask, what's the gee to get? We know. We know now. 100%. 100% now. 100%. You know how you have like a hierarchy, you know? The hierarchy oh, yeah, only yeah, has yeah, one yeah. gi now. Yeah, absolutely. But you have multiple selections though. Yeah, So that's we do. the thing. So absolutely. yeah, boom, hierarchy. Yeah, and we're, we're about to like blow up our manufacturing um, in this new factory. Again, grand opening today. Lots of product coming. Right. On yeah. the gi side of stuff. Yeah. Ramping things up over the next what time frame? We've started ramping. Uh, over the next four to four to eight weeks, let's say, mm-hmm. we're going to be hiring another sixteen people. 
We put another loom in the factory. So there's three looms now, and we're gonna be weaving ninjas, like, like for reals. Like, I, I don't even, I, I don't even wanna elaborate. You just come, come to Maine and see yeah. anytime in the factory. Come and check it out. I like it. <laughs> when are these shorts coming out that I'm wearing? Oh, boy. Because they're straight up my best shorts now. <laughs> the best, 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to make it happen. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you want some dates. Yeah. yeah, no. Well, hey, I get that all the time. Hey, when is the you know, XYZ yeah, yeah, coming yeah. out? Hey, so now it's on you a little bit, you know. But yeah, these are straight up the best shorts. Well, ever, it's not actually that hard for you because people say, "When's that next?" Oh, you're it, talking about the the, yeah, the, the, you know. the gear side, yeah, the merch, yeah. Yeah. the merchandise yeah. And, side. And I do believe that it might be a little bit more work on Pete's and compared to on my end, a little yeah. bit. But hey, you but know, I don't know from a from a if you go from like the level that you're currently cruising at, yeah. Maybe you both have to travel the same distance to get the work done, relatively speaking. I think you're right. And yeah, but not just geese, right? No, no, we have all sorts of, uh, you know, apparel. Everything is, you know, like our t-shirts are knit. Like we have a partner that knits, knits all the fabric like six hours away or something. Everything's, everything's sourced and made here. You know, I mean, we make all our own compression apparel, like. Cut and sew and sublimate, dye sublimation, everything. You say yeah. compression apparel. Yeah. I still call it a rash guard. It's a rash guard. <laughs> I know. I'm just, just you know why I say compression apparel? Yeah, because, because I know it's not just a rash guard. Because right. a rash guard is for surfing. Right. But, but, but like the, like, like the, the pants and stuff. Don't the pants, we yeah, still yeah. call Tights. it in the jujitsu community? Don't we still say, yeah, I got a new rash guard? Oh, yeah. 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 We still say okay, that. I'm yeah. just making sure. Because yep. I wasn't like hearing someone at the gym saying, like, did you check out this new compression? But in, in the weight room, yeah. there is, they do say that. Yeah. Because yeah. I, yeah. I, right, I see like in football. Football, yeah. Like you'll see some company that's advertising compression gear <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and it's i'm like oh you mean a rash guard yeah <laughs> try but your marketing ploy on me you got to remember like every textile is different than what you're used to like like the warp wick we use our our textile for the rash guard or tights or whatever else it's different and you just called them tights i did because spats i have no idea what a spat because, is no, i'm I was sorry. just gonna say out in california it's definitely called spats. Spats, yeah. Why? spats. And I don't even know Why? where that word comes from. Bro, spat, I knew spats is when you tape your ankles with your shoe. It's a spat around the cleat. Yeah, you yeah. Spat oh. your, you spat yeah. your leg. But why do they so, even call so that So I bet you, I bet you, wait, did the spats go down your leg like and tights and then foot? around your foot? It was just tape over, you know oh, how you tape your tape. ankles, but instead of your ankles under your socks yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. you tape, tape over, everything. over your shoe, over everything. Which they trainers stop doing because it's so. Why don't sucks. we call them compression yeah, pants? I thought it looked cool. Yeah, because I'm gonna pants. be. I'm gonna be. You know, earlier we got kind of like wrapped around, or we got sidetracked about me being sensitive about something or not being sensitive. Sure. Tights. You're not down for tights as a dude. Yeah, right. You don't wear tights. We're not wearing tights. Yeah, not yeah. happening. Spats. Compression pants. Yeah, compression, compression pants. pants. That sounds yeah. good. Compression shirt. See, there you yeah. go. Compression shirt. Compression yeah. and rash pants. Rash guard pants. That doesn't make sense either, yeah. does it? Even though they do prevent rashes. Just if you surf. Yeah. yeah. Or do jujitsu mat burn? Oh, okay. Your knees. You know why people? You know why a lot of people wear compression pants and compression shirts in jujitsu? Oh, Prevention look. of. The disease, oh, yeah. the, the funk, yeah. yeah, right. They don't want the hingworm, right? right? They don't want the, the hingworm. ringworm. Hing they don't want you know whatever Various MRSA. Yeah. So people wear that, and you know, I, I, the people that I know that wear it, they they seem to believe in it. Like, oh yeah, just the level of it's not like uh, 
like the what's the sun protection rating? SPF, like SP, 50 or, or yeah, or whatever. So UV, UPF, 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 right? UPF 50. There's no anti ringworm percentage rating, right? Right. It's there's just no, a general anti microbial, right? Like, but, but certification. But that keeps it from growing in the material. Oh. What I'm saying is, if you wear like a compression shirt and right. compression pants, sure, then you're not rubbing your skin against some savage that came into the gym with ringworm. Right, right, So you have less percentage. Or rolling with him too, by the way. Yeah, Yeah, or rolling with him. Put a triangle on his ringworm on his Uh, neck or something like this. Yeah. You don't need that. So that's a good reason to wear compression gear across the board. And the rash guards like they're, now, they're not like the rash guards you're used to. The ones you put on and then they untuck and then you tuck them in, they untuck and you tuck them in. They're designed to stay tucked in. So you mm. put them on and the way the fibers flex and bend with your body, it's not your mother's or grandmother's rash guard. Mm. So when so when you say tucked in, because t- you don't really tuck in a rash guard, right? Or do you? You're talking about under the gi? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like when you under tuck the gi. In, yeah. yeah that's, well, a, that's a whole new world right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some places make you wear a rash guard under your gi. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know I that. Think, I think it's good to have a rash guard under your gi. I know a lot of yeah. people think that. It's not traditional. I mean... I'm it's a tradition. Yeah, you're in tradish. that one. Why do you <laughs> like it? That. I like the barrier. I like the I like the key house. rash or the I like the barrier um, between the, the the fabric and the skin. I like the compression because mm-hmm. oh. you compress your muscle, you get more use you're, out you're, of it. Your straight performance. Performance. Yep. Got it. Absolutely. The ghee slides a little bit better on a rash guard than it does your skin once it's all sweated up and sticky. Right. Right. So. That's why I use it. And I'm a hairy Greek dude. Nobody That's wants right. a chest hair on their face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they don't want that beef. You know, yeah. Nareet would be happy if we all wore rash guards. She's um, our black belt at our gym, female. Mm-hmm. And, and she is still a girl. So things like chest hairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. she's yeah. not happy she's about not those about things. That. She begs me to wear you know, something under my gi. She's so far failed. She <laughs> uh, <laughs> failed on my part. Oh, man. <laughs> but, um, you know, the other thing is, you we didn't talk about originmain.com is supplements. Yeah, absolutely. So, right. on the body and in your body. There you go. That's it. There yeah. you go. <laughs> We're going to put everything you need on your body and everything you need in your body. Krill oil? Yep. really that's the that's the one now it's krill oil and then it's super krill oil super <laughs> one of the things krill. that um you know you'll be happy to know that pete and i we like to make things happen and you know obviously i'm a big fan of krill oil for instance so you know i was i used to be a fan of white tea mm-hmm. a big fan mm-hmm. and i drank it a lot and eventually i said you know what i need this jocko white tea <laughs> <laughs> and so i had a similar thing happen yeah. With krill oil. I, I want to have krill oil. Yeah. Good krill oil. So you know what we're making? Good krill oil. Yeah. Krill. Actually, we like to call it Jocko Super, Super Krill. krill. <laughs> yeah. So Jocko Super Krill, we're, we're making that awesome quality. On top of that, we got a little, again, little jo- we need joint maintenance. Right, yeah. we need joint maintenance when we are active, when we're training jujitsu, when we're jacking big steel. <laughs> we our tendons and everything get a little bit sore. Sore. We might not admit to it in yeah. public, just like we wouldn't admit to crying. Right. 
Sure. On a public situation, yeah. ever, I'm comfortable with my masculinity. <laughs> you must be, because yeah. I'm over here holding that, like, no, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> my wife says, Pete, you, the only time you cry is babies and belts when someone gets promoted <laughs> yeah. and someone has a kid. Yeah. What about weddings? No, no, no. no. funerals okay. and weddings. No. So we got another so another thing we're coming out with. It's a uh, Jocko joint warfare yeah. for your joints. Go to war against the pain, inflammation. Go to and war lubrication, in, degeneration. Yeah, man. All that stuff. All, all enemies. Yeah, Wait and I've been kicking it for since we since we originally formulated. Yep. And I got the samples. I went on it hardcore, and it's legit. <laughs> <Yeah>. Legit <laughs> well, across dude, the board. I the one. about that. I have like bad back from sports and stuff. Right. Herniated disc, bulging disc, didn't get surgery, severe arthritis. I can train seven days a week if I wanted to. As a matter of fact, we have our immersion camp this week. Train every day. Get some. Every day. That's it. Joint warfare. Yep. Keeping it real. Yep. So that stuff, we, it's being manufactured. We, I've been on the samples for, what, a month and a half. Um, and now it's been being manufactured. Yep. In America, check, and very close by, right? By a partner, right? And and so, it's gonna be on the website now. Pre-order it, and that way we can kind of get a feel for how much because we've got a bunch coming. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out how much of a bunch is that actually means. Yeah. So kind of like with Jocko White Tea, I didn't do that. I just yeah. said, oh, there's Jocko White Tea for sale. It was gone. Yeah. Like, and then I ordered Shit. some more. And and then that was gone, and people were really getting angry because when you you know when you have Jocko White tea, and then you don't have it, all of a sudden you know you things start going sideways. You yeah, know? absolutely. So you gotta get that back straight up. So anyways, yeah. you can check those things out, originmain.com. They'll be there. Joint warfare. You like that, don't you? I do. Yeah, yeah. It's good. There's Super a there's a layer too. on there. Yeah. That's deep. Deep layers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, very yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah. Layers the, the one person that's gonna get this layer is Dean Lister. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Trebuchet. I'll leave it at that. Oh, trebuchet. <laughs> trebuchet. Yeah. trebuchet. Well, you know trebuchet, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. A lot of moving parts and a trebuchet. Yeah. Got to keep them greasy. <laughs> Got to keep, <laughs> yeah. keep that joint. It's true. Also, speaking of jacking steel, kettlebells. So when we came here, we're in Maine right now. If, if people haven't gathered that already, mm-hmm. um, up in camp, no like big weight room. Kind of. Yeah. There's a little fitness center there. Yeah. yeah. First night we get here, one guy's like, hey. I brought my on it kettlebell. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Who was 72. That? Yeah. Who John. Was it? John, yes. Yeah, it was John. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. On it kettlebell, the gorilla, the oh, ones I just yeah, ordered, legit, by the way. Legit. They're shipped. They're on the way tracking. Anyway, um, yeah, that's the good ones. You do kettlebells? I don't. You stopped lifting, though. Oh, that's right. I stopped. I did. I stopped lifting. Too massive. Well, no. kettlebells? Too massive. And I'm going to bring this up because it, 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 we it, talked about this pre recording. Yeah. Uh, so. You weigh 253 right now, as we talked about. You used to weigh 285. And I asked this question, and this is a good question that everybody should kind of hear the answer to. Could the 250-pound Pete beat the 285-pound Pete in a grappling match? And your answer was? 100%. The smaller guy wins. Yes. Why is that? I mean, lots of reasons. You're more more flexible, better positioning, better escapes because there's less mass, burning less oxygen because you have less muscle mass. 
And for me, I would wear the 285 version of myself out. (laughs) So it's, I I stopped, man, I love lifting weights. I love lifting weights, but for me, jujitsu fulfills the void because it is resistance. Yeah. You're always working. I never feel out of shape. Well, Unless I have too many whoopie pies, but <laughs> sure. do you do anything to work out besides jujitsu? No. Do you run? Do you sprint? No. Dang. Just pure jujitsu. Jiu-jitsu. I do. Dean Lister tells me that. Yeah. When Dean Lister doesn't want to work out, doesn't want to do any, <laughs> you know, sprints, he's like, man, I, I get, I get it from jujitsu, Jocko. That's my best thing. So now you're supporting his argument. Now I, gotta, I am. Now I got to deal with that. Well, yeah. well, P. Roberts said, you know, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about someday how jujitsu makes you unathletic. Oh, really? That's a whole nother talk. <laughs> Interesting. And I have facts on why it makes you unathletic. What? But it keeps you, it keeps your body together, your core together, your muscles strong. So what does it do to make you unathletic? It's slow movement. You slow, you start, yeah. when you start jujitsu, your body slows down, your mind slows down, your muscles slow down. Whatever you had for fast twitch turns to slow twitch because you're pulling and tugging and you're moving yeah. slow. Yeah. I used to be able to dunk a basketball. So, so, Every dunk, so, I can't touch the rim now. Interesting. I think we need to, Clarify. I will go ahead and defend the jujitsu over here on my side of the table because if you continue to do cleans, and you continue to squat, yeah. And you continue to do sprints and mobility drills and ag- uh, agility drills. You can keep that athleticism. I think you're right. I know you're right, Jack. Yeah, that's what I did. Rear. That's what I did when I competed. I had a strength and conditioning coach. There you go. Sprint, lift, yeah. push, pull. So, so I guess big picture is one of those deals where it kind of confirms the idea that you don't have to be athletic to. Do good in jujitsu, no. generally speaking. No. But if you want to do some kind of athletic competition, including but not limited to jujitsu, <laughs> it helps to be athletic. Jackson Steel. Sure. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that you kind of hit him with that because yeah. when I said I stopped doing like legs and stuff like that, I got a lot of crap for it. Yeah. By him. You know, I I I I did a lot of squats in college. Well, yeah, football. you played college football. Hell yeah. I I'm scared of them. I like hack squats. Hack squats, mm. man, for sure. Heavy. You got bad knees or something? Bad back. back. Bad back, yeah. Dude, my back. Yeah. yeah. The last time I squatted and I hit the floor, mm-hmm. right? Of course, bad back. Yeah. Bad back from years of major. And, and personal question, mm-hmm. does your ego not allow you to get in there and do 185 pounds for some higher reps? Nope. I'd do that 100%. But you still don't like it. I do hack squats. I still don't. Right on. I still don't like it. But right I mean, it, it's steel is great. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Yeah, it is great. There's I just get it through jujitsu, man. I yeah. push. I do. You know, every time I step on the mats, it's six, ten-minute rounds, and I train through the break. So I'm doing twelve-minute rounds. Nice. I make sure to get six. Yeah. And I, and I get it as as things free up, and my son wants to lift. As he started the oh, summer, yeah, yeah. I'll get in with him, yeah. and we'll we'll press some iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and sounded pretty pretty fired up. Pretty solid. It? Yeah. We'll look, he wants to go live right now. Look at him. We'll you want to go live? Right yeah. Now. Press some iron. You know, but kettlebells don't get you that big. I mean, I'm sure under certain circumstances yeah. they will, but but they do get you athletic. I think actually. so. Yeah. yeah I did, I'm or, sure or it's or like a hand clean. You like hand clean them, right? Yeah. Jump and snap. And the other big thing is when you 
like for a kettlebell snatch, it's a swinging motion. And when right. it gets to the top, you have to stop it. Right. Because otherwise, you're going to rip your shoulder out. So you have to use all this, whatever that kind of muscle, what is it? Echocentric or something? What is it? Concentric? Whatever you got to do to, yeah. to, to stop it at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got to stop it. So it's using all these muscles yeah. to make that thing happen. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's cool. It can try. get fun. It. It'll well. get fun. Yeah. Like when you start getting like the balance and then, the, you yeah. know, it's like there's some momentum. You got to create momentum. Then you got to balance the moment. It's like all this stuff. It Remember gets fun. College, I said the, the true, uh, true test of how strong somebody is is. A hand clean. Uh, yeah. They said you could bench a lot. You could squat a yeah. lot. There's, there's a lot of people. Yeah. That you could, you there's think? a lot of things that you could say that. Like, for instance, that's, that's you know, it's a good one. Overhead squat. Oh, there you go. Like Upper body, lower body, is, back, core. Yeah. If you got a guy that yeah. can do massive, I mean, big weight and or or medium weight, high reps, overhead squat, that's legit too. Yeah, but on yeah. a hand clean, you got to use your speed also. It's speed. Yeah, it's like and a, slow it's a whole yeah. explosive. Yeah. So you could yeah. just go straight to the snatch, right? Yeah, right. right. But then again, the snatch, you need the, the balance at the top. That's coordination. Yeah. And then you yeah. need, yeah. you know, all these other things. So, so, and it depends on what you mean by strong, too. So, right. you know how, like, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, in, in certain circles, they call strength power. And strength and power yep. are two different things. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so what are you talking about? So, I dig it. And I agree, yeah. actually. But This is also 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Even uh, another point to consider. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a really things good metric. Yeah, I think they, they, agree. You agree. said hang clean, right? Yeah. Hang clean. Yeah. Knees I think that's a real good metric. Yeah. A solid metric, yeah, for sure. Deadlift, another solid metric, by the way. Yeah, deadlift, but yeah, guys, deadlift. raw strength. That's right? what. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because consider, remember, by like when you're a kid or maybe old school kind of philosophy, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you get the old timer, and he's like, how strong are you? And you're like, real strong. We're so okay. Pick that up. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't pick it up. You're weak. You can. Yeah. You're strong. And he comes Deadlift. and picks it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then the, and then the and then the step two is pick it up over your head. Yeah. You guys so, deadlift. You deadlift. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I you don't. No. no. Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, dude, Sometimes. Let's not do this Sometimes. again. <laughs> anyway. You guys do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Deadlift, don't get too sure. nuts with that, though. Who was no, that? I, I was don't. just talking to somebody there. Squats like, and deadlifts. It was Ed. Yeah. He was like, hey, you know, my back and stuff. I was like, bro, don't get crazy with deadlifts. No. But you can talk to plenty of people. That say, oh, I had a bad back and I deadlifted and now it's healed. Right, really? right. There are plenty of people really? that say that. Absolutely. Don't get crazy with them because it'll just give you good general sure. strength. Like your your back's bad because a lot of times anyway, even just anywhere in your core is because when you have like some core thing or your back or something, when you do stuff, you adjust to yeah, not yeah, yeah. use it, you know. And that's so deadlift. Yeah, because you don't use it anymore. Right. So now when you do something, you're grabbing the cranberry juice from this side, you're going to put it over here. Dude, you you're end up like, on the floor. Yeah, yeah you like, know, you're like, how did I yeah. do that? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I didn't even out want of cranberry yeah. juice. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's yeah. the sugar, worst. That's sugar yeah. in a bottle, bro. Yeah, you shouldn't be, yeah. that's your body's way of telling you don't want that cranberry well, juice. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I dig it. Maybe you're grabbing it from here, putting it in the trash can okay, or something like this. You like that. I'm just saying, that's why, though. So you go deadlift, not heavy, not crazy, just like your body's like, like any lifting, it's like your body just getting used to it so boom you're used to picking stuff up i want to try it do it i like it try the kettlebells too and if you want the cool ones and when i say cool it's like you look at them and they're cool yeah like irrefutably cool on it that's the ones the gorilla one actually don't do the gorilla ones first do the chimp one first yeah what is about me that i'm straight to zombies you're just super strong wait which zombies zombies have the same categories yeah yeah and i forget what they're all called but like when i look at the the legend versus yeah. the gorilla. Yeah. 
ones or the primate ones yeah. to to the zombies. Yeah, I yeah. wanted the ones that look crazy and evil. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. that's no big surprise. All right, I, I answered my own question. Yeah, I think we both we all here <laughs> collectively know why you want the zombies. Technically, Check. it's so, but that brings up a good point in my opinion. All the different categories, primal bells. That's the the mm-hmm. chimp. The mm-hmm. you know all the things different zombies, all zombies, legends, yeah. werewolf, uh, cyclops, cyclops, like all the legends. So boom. Pick your category, but that's the cool ones. That's I cool. recommend. What else? Check them out. Hey, man. Jump ropes, all kinds. Actually, it's kind of good you go in there, and they have all kinds of workout stuff, like stuff. You know how, Brad, you know how when you get into a workout, maybe not you, you're not like this, but like I got into the kettlebells and it became fun, mm-hmm. you know? You know how like- um, If something like, becomes fun for me, I stop doing it and do something that sucks more. Well, dang, this is- <laughs> It's more boring, more psychologically challenging. But they got all kind. They have like the maces and, you know, all the workout stuff or whatever. Anyway, that's a good one. Onnit.com slash Jocko. Check out that stuff and, man, get after it. Even if you're getting bored, man, you got some interesting stuff to work out with. Highly recommend. Awesome. Also, if you like these books, Pete didn't write a book. Wait, have you written a book before? I I wouldn't be surprised. I wrote wrote a long ass paper. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when I couldn't sleep over the last year, but yeah, call it well, a book. So yeah, a little bit different. But anyway, a, a lot of times Jocko will review books on this podcast. People like to get them. If you're one of those people out there, go to the website, jockopodcast.com section, books from the podcast. Click through there to get the books. That's a good way to support. It takes you to Amazon. Or if you're doing any other shopping, do it through there. Big support, small action, small action, big reaction. Nice. Also, subscribe to the podcast. Mm. Google Play. We still feel the need to say that. Yeah. Because what? Some people aren't subscribed? In the event of, yeah, you know, it's, it, it, I guess it's just our guess, my guess. There's probably hype, hypothesis. Speaking is my hypothesis, what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There's probably a marginal group. Who's like, hey, who's Jocko? I heard him on Joe Rogan. Or I don't know. I seen him on whatever. Be like, oh, I'm going to listen to the podcast. It's like, okay, cool. I'll listen to, let me listen to another one. Okay, cool. Uh, maybe I'm not down. You know, he's kind of weird. Or just or whatever. maybe they don't understand. Like, oh, I can subscribe to this? Like, I can just get, it'll, it'll tell me when it's coming? Right. Because a lot yeah. of people don't listen to podcasts. I, yeah. I, I, got oh. a, I got a question for you yeah. about that. Have you thought about, because you... This is number 90. Yes. Have you thought about breaking the podcasts into categories to speak to your audience because you cover such a broad audience? Um, when you say breaking them, you mean just another section like cutting cat- them up? No, no, no. The full podcast, but right. like where you're covering books, where you're oh, talking about business, yeah. where you're interviewing somebody, breaking them up that way. Yeah, they are. Because it's not, a, it's not up. linear, right? Yeah. You don't have to listen from one right, right up to nine. I recommend when yeah. someone says, hey, you know, I just heard your podcast. I heard, I heard, I just listened to that podcast you just put out. I want to listen to the rest of them. Should I go backwards? Should I go forwards? Right, right, right. And I tell people start at one. And, and, yeah. and most of the f- people that I talk to that are into the podcast, they're like, that's the right advice. Tell people start at one. If yeah. I said, Jocko, I want to listen to your real business related podcasts. Right. I could could I do that or no? What we are going to do and I, and I have this in the background going it's something that I've been trying to get done for a while is we're going to kind of archive where you're going to be able to maybe 
figure out, oh, I want to listen to business, yeah, boom, yeah. and here's a podcast, or here's awesome. a section. Now, whether or not we like chop them up and put them into one group, um, not yet, not yet. Yeah. Not yeah. yet. Yeah, I mean, it, you're, yeah, it's not organized, we'll say, but you know, it's one of those things you got to manually look, you know, because it'll say what it's about. In right, fact, right. the pocket, it's straight up by timestamp. Yeah, that's like, boom, what we're talking question. about, yeah. you know. So that. you can kind of do it that way, but no, not organized. Like if, if you're, and it makes sense though, because if we're talking about a book and people like, well, oh, I love World War II, love it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and like, boom, boom, there's I wanna, 10 podcasts yeah. in World War II. Yeah. Yep. And they can just get after it and then maybe, you know, yeah, just good an idea. idea. Good yeah, idea. Man. Pete is I like in the where house. From. Big time. But yeah, subscribe. That's a good one. If you haven't already, how about that? If you haven't already, good subscribe. Point. That's a good one. Also, YouTube, subscribe to that one. Yeah. That one's a little bit more like makes sense to be like, hey, subscribe to yeah. YouTube. And the big thing that you might not know is if you're not subscribed to YouTube, there could be things that are not in the podcast. Yeah. So let's say you like the podcast, you're listening to it, and you go, yeah, well, I've heard all the podcasts. I don't need to get YouTube. You're wrong. Yeah. Because there could be things released sure. into the, the YouTube oh. that have not been released. Yeah. Know that. For instance, deleted scenes. Deleted scenes. Which is us talking scenes. off the record about things like people that have certain, you know, what? issues. What kind of issues, bro? <laughs> what kind of issues? Uh, nothing, bro. <laughs> Lack of squatting issues. Yeah. yeah, bro. See? Yeah. And I said I stopped squatting because of. Actually, the, the, technically, the story goes, I stopped squatting because my wife said, hey, your legs are like real big yeah. and it looks weird. That's funny because my wife said, you're starting to get an old man butt. <laughs> Dang. Cold-blooded. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Cold that's blooded. kind of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, same what does thing. that even you know? mean? I don't know, dude. Dang. It's I don't just, like it, though. Yeah, I don't even know either. what it means that I don't I like to, it. Dude, yeah. I need, I'm squatting. You need to get on the yeah. squat. You need to get I'm squatting. It. You need yeah, to get yeah. It. Or what? Like kettlebell swings. Boom. Yeah, that's what that, they right? say. The, big, yeah. the regular one? They say that the, the, the regular or the Russian sure. kettlebell yeah. swings. Posterior, posterior chain. chain. I knew yeah. you were coming. Yeah, I knew man, you were coming dude. with that. Hey, I learned the, the, yeah. the, all that nice. stuff. Man. Either way, yeah, the deleted scenes, that's what he was giving me shit about. Because I stopped squatting. Actually, I didn't stop squatting. I stopped squatting like hardcore legs. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You stopped squatting. <laughs> <laughs> the point <laughs> is, is you stop squatting. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, deleted scenes are on there. Uh, excerpts too, you know. Yep. Like, let's say you were like, "Hey, I liked that part," and people still email me about that, by the way, where they're like, "Hey, what was that part, or what episode was that from? That part where whatever." So instead of having to scour, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Just share the excerpts, easy to find. So yeah, that's a good one. Subscribe to YouTube. Also, Jocko has a store. It's called Jocko Store. JockoStore.com. Guess what's on there? Everything. <laughs> potentially everything but as of right now there's some shirts on there women's stuff on there patches on there um you know you put them on your hat interchangeable velcro patches if you will rash guards awesome Awesome. so now they have two options huh Mm -hmm. jocko rash guards get after it trooper uh darkness rash guards and origin rash guards yeah just like that, the selection just vastly Broadened wide. Broadened, yeah. And eventually, they're going to be, and this will be, will it'll all be. Kind of melt together we as one together. big, vast um, yeah, option. Just place to just go and. It's basically going to be a melting pot of awesomeness. Right. Yeah. Yes, indeed. That's yeah. it. But yeah, Simple. Man. Indeed. Yeah, all that. So, and, and some hoodies on there. Yeah. I think we should consult. No, you, he, I'm going to tell you. 
I already know what he's gonna say. Yeah. He's from Hawaii. What do you want a lightweight hoodie? No, he, he so he made hoodies, and I'm oh. from New England, and so I was like, oh, you make a hoodie, you can wear it in like a full fledged Arctic storm, and yeah, you better go. have a heavyweight cotton yeah. hoodie. So his yeah. his hoodies are, are are light. They're they're cool for SoCal. Yeah, they're good for Hawaii if you even have hoodies in Hawaii. They're like a fall hoodie, I guess. The, yeah. And even that's like my guess. I don't know. That's why I'm yeah. saying we should consult. I mean, his is like his consultation things when I consult him like hey it's it's like mixed in with a scolding so you know I get the scolding first then gotcha. the info like maybe I want to make I want to make a really really badass flat locked hoodie let's do it what is a flat wait, lock? what well, is that wait mean? a second flat seamed hoodie well, how could we possibly do that what where are we gonna get someone that knows how to make flat locked awesome badass mm. hoodies hmm. oh wait we're sitting in a that's factory. factory that's right where awesome. are we can yeah. make it happen. Can make whatever there you we go. Want. That's good stuff. Also, hmm. psychological warfare. Previously, a few minutes ago, we talked about joint warfare for joints, yep. degeneration, inflammation, all that stuff. Overall, real generally, generally speaking, supplementation for your body. Yeah. Sometimes you need supplementation for your mind. Don't for you? your mind, yes, full on. So, in your campaign against weakness, psychological weakness, you know, you're trying to get up every day, right? Stick that, to the diet. Can that help me with eating yes. multiple whoopie pies? Every yes, time? yes, yes. Actually, Actually, there's a specific trap yeah, for that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm definitely interested in that because that's been my one struggle as a human. What is a whoopie pie? A whoopie pie is like cake in with cream, right? Cream. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm so trying I not to sound like a Fig Newton commercial because kicks <laughs> Fig Newton's ass. Yeah, yeah. Fig Newton is like yeah. if you put those two next to each other, they're in different planets. Exactly. They're from different planets. Exactly. I thought Fig Newtons were healthy though. Allegedly, they're yeah, actually yeah, just yeah. a big Not giant anymore. block it's of sugar, sugar and cake, which is pretty much what a whoopie pie is. Which is <laughs> yeah. why my homie over here, yeah, 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 yeah. you got a kid. You know, I, I'm single parent family, four kids. We were fighting oh, over the food yeah. in the house, dude. Yeah. I've never broken out of that. And the whoopie pie, I need was, a, you need to break me. Cool. Yeah, we, like, we, wow, can, wow. we can, we can, we can, we can introduce <laughs> you to a track called Sugar Coated Lies. Really? We're, we're, yeah, yeah. I'd be very interested in that. We'll, we'll yeah. get you on the sugar coated lies. Yeah. I'm weak there. <laughs> yeah. And you'd think it'd be like Jocko yelling at you, like, don't, whatever. But it's a pragmatic explanation of what your mind is doing right now and what it shouldn't be doing and what it should be doing. And you'd be like, oh, okay. And psychological cool. warfare, that can help yes. with that. Oh, big yes. time. Basically, it's Did like. Did you mention that it's an album? It's an, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an, an album. album. With tracks <laughs> on iTunes, Jocko tracks, yeah, iTunes, yeah. Uh, Amazon Music, like all these things. Yeah, MP3. Yeah. And you know what? You you probably sitting here thinking like, okay, that that's a neat little idea that you know Echo came up with and made Jocko do this. And oh, cool. That album, number one spoken word album on iTunes for. I don't know. I lost like, like thirty eight straight weeks. Are you kidding me? Number one. That's yeah. Badass. Yeah, no big deal. You know, holy no. shit. Yeah, I no, know it's that. awesome. And I will say that when Echo's like, dude, you just gotta, you know, just, just, you know, these things that I'm asking you about, you gotta just like, you know, hammer it, and I'll just record it. <clears throat> yeah, right. it's basically like, okay, so I used to have this thing, used to, not anymore. I have this mm. thing where you know, when you're like, okay, I'm, I'm working out this day, this day, you know, I'm just do this day, I work on this day. And when it comes time to work out, and I have a gym at my house now, so I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I'll, I'll do it. I meant to do it at noon. I'm gonna do it tonight. 
I want. I don't feel like doing it right. I'm gonna do it yeah. tonight. And then you, no accountability. Yeah. Nobody's watching. Yeah. You can do what you want. Yeah. yeah. When Who's I feel like really a know? little bit more, I drink some coffee, whatever. It's right outside. Yeah. You know, kind of I thing. I totally get it. Yeah. And that 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 night turns into hey, I'll do it tomorrow. So you basically turn a workout day into a rest day. And this That's helped weak. you turn right. on your motivation to get Boom. it done. Yeah. And it's again, it's not like a motivational thing. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, this is. It's Jocko saying it, so okay, there's that. But it's right. like it's saying, okay, this is what's going on right now. This is what you're thinking right now. This is what you shouldn't be thinking right now. This is what you should be thinking right now. Okay, there you go. Go. Gotcha. It's and you're hard. like, oh, man. The thing that I find about them is because it is me talking. Yeah. I find it they're, they're very, um, very tight arguments yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah you don't yeah. get done listening and you go you know what man i still find a little <laughs> hole in this argument you know i think yeah. this one sugar coated this one whoopie pie is not gonna be yeah, happy yeah. no you're it's like cool. you know what this is a big deal yeah and i'm setting the whoopie pie aside yeah you know you might be the ultimate test case yeah you know? i will be the ultimate i don't care i don't care who's around me <laughs> man if like no i get mercy. that craving for sugar we were traveling the other day what i get sweet tea oh Dang. Why? Sugar. 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 But keep in mind. Baklava. Yeah. (laughs) Bro. I'm going to ruin you. No, your mom is. I know. I can't. That's what I'm saying. She's like, you know, you're like, hey, you want to try these things? And I, I, I know what it is. And and you said, man, you gotta try this baklava. My mom it's made. The best. I go, bro, I know it's sweet, right? And you go, yeah, yeah, it is. And I go, no, it's. <laughs> you've and never he, had Spartan baklava. Yeah, I was like, you know, you know, no big deal. And and you know, we've been lately been saying like, you know, the discipline won't allow it. That's yeah, the latest yeah, that's kind the of new, between <laughs> between Echo yeah, and yeah, I yeah. when we when we you know maybe see each other, maybe taking a path that we shouldn't be taking, <laughs> and we're going off the path and onto the path of weakness. Yeah. You know, I might be like, hey, hey Echo, you know that's cool and everything, but the the discipline won't allow that. Oh man, so <laughs> that's awesome. You know, yesterday, you know, you're dangling this c- custom homemade baklava. And my mom's there. And your mom's there, <laughs> oh, factually. Like, Eddie. and I know I can see her. She looks like she arrived from Greece yeah. three days ago right. to make the baklava for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll have one, right? So I yeah. had one yesterday, and then the discipline wouldn't allow anymore. Today, I had nine of them. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't have nine. I, I, I think I had three of them today. Oh, I had three of them. Sugar coated lies, uh, baklava. Get yeah. some. My mom's is gonna get called to make baklava. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. be selling oh, origin just... baklava pretty soon. <laughs> we got the maple syrup going. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but keep in mind though, with these tracks, you mm. got to be on that path though. It's not like you're like, hey, I eat too much. Let me listen to this track. It's no, not that. Yeah. It's like, no. okay, my plan is to straight up clean up my whole shit. Like yeah, my, yeah, my plan yeah. is. So to, you've already found a bit of motivation. Yeah, it's yeah, you're motivated. To, you're on the path already, yeah, yeah. but it's on the weakness moments the moments yeah, of weakness right. you're like okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna rest today i'm gonna you know whatever it's that kind but yeah, yeah. man that's a good i need one. that yeah. i do we all do we all do that's that's probably why a lot of people get that album yeah with tracks you know what with i do tracks, yeah, i'm like <laughs> you rationalize. you know what i used to do no no what i would do is this i'd be like especially when i was training for competition i'm going to eat this whoopie pie i would eat it and i would run two miles yeah i was you earn it friggin right yeah yeah. Earn it. Right. I do that too. Like, yeah. like, like it. Normally, I try and preempt weakness with hardcore exercise. Yeah, you pay which, first. by the way, m- often mitigates. Yeah, it takes like, a day. like. Oh, oh, I want to have a mint chocolate chip milkshake. Cool. I can have a mint chocolate chip milkshake as soon as I do thirty clean and jerks. Okay, yeah. that I can without respect. putting the bar down. I can do right? that. And and that's cool. 
But then by the time you get done, you're like, you know what? I don't yeah. even want that thing. Yeah. And uh, I, I infused my brain with discipline right. from the bar. It went from the bar into my hands and into my brain. Yeah. And so That's now a I don't great want idea. Yeah. yeah. Sure. In the simplest one is burpees. Preemptive. Yeah. Burpees. Like, okay, you know what? I can have this if I do 100 burpees. Mm. That takes less than 10 minutes. We had this thing the other day and I talked about it. My freezer in my house broke. Mm-hmm. And so we had, I have an RV and our frozen food was in the RV refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And I wanted some ice cream. And then I was like, ah, you know, it's all the way up to the thing. And I said to myself, God, what a lazy loser. You yeah, don't even yeah, yeah. deserve ice cream. I didn't have it. Yeah. Because I said, you're a pathetic. If you're actually questioning whether it's worth it, God, go to walk the RV. all the way. You don't need this at yeah. all in any way, shape, or form. If you were thinking it wasn't worth 27 steps to get to the RV, grab the mint chocolate chip Briar's ice cream, <laughs> bring it back down, scoop it into a bowl, <laughs> let it melt a little bit, yeah. and then just sit there and get after it. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The best. Yeah. yeah, so good. Do you like a little melt to the ice cream? Just a little melt. Yeah. I don't like it solid. I just, Have you ever heard the term Gaines Bowl? No. Have you ever heard that term? No. Gaines, I, Gaines Bowl. bowl. Uh, it's, it's, you, you basically take ice cream and you put milk in it. And oh, you stir yeah. it around. Yeah, so that's what I do. Yeah. yeah, Gaines Bowl. That's what I do. Yeah, Gaines yeah. Bowl. Yep. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> let's let's all detach right now and yeah. consider what we're talking about right now. The pleasures of Gaines Bowl. <laughs> the, the problem <laughs> is Mint chocolate chip ice cream. I, I, I so would good. I would walk barefoot in two feet of snow to that friggin' RV. Yeah, because that's my problem. Yeah, yeah, that's look like, at this guy. No, he was that. In that so, case, I don't even that's know like if I a, compliment that. Or, is that a negative or positive? I, no, yours is worse. It's weird because you have a better result, but your discord or your your path is worse. He was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be weak. I have discipline to eat it. But I'm too weak to, to be, be weak. weak. Yeah. That was him that day. Yeah. But you could that's rationalized because of the end, you know, the means and the end yeah. situation. But the thing is, I actually embarrassed myself. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. I just humiliated yeah, yeah, yeah. myself, and I said, I can't believe I'm even questioning the fact if I would take 27 steps to my RV to get the ice cream. <laughs> the fact that I'm even thinking that way, I don't. You know what? I should <laughs> even. I, I, I should haze myself. Yeah. Right. Should, this is ridiculous yeah. oh, and pathetic, and just stop and so yeah i didn't get the ice cream that night but the mint chocolate chip ice cream for sure is is a real thing and it's even (laughs) it's my favorite (laughs) flavor yeah Yeah, i don't even understand other flavors although when i was in montana moose tracks moose tracks moose tracks moose tracks that's the other that's the other okay i'm not gonna no i understand and i saw it and i dig it but it's just, it's very surprising the, that you're you, talking you about can, this right you know, now. You, you can close, I it, by the way. <laughs> you can close the moose track with a scoop of mint chocolate chip. I've never done that. That right? sounds deranged. It's, it's <laughs> like, like it would push me over cheese, the edge. Cheese and, cheese and wine. Grapes. Oh, man. Cheese. Just yeah. close it. It's just a finishing yeah. touch. Is that what, should, what affected. we should do? Is that what we should do now? Yeah, One of my uh, buddies in the, in the teens <laughs> is, is a... Awesome guy, badass wrestler, wrestled, was a champion wrestler in college, and was on the Olympic team, uh, didn't compete for a variety of reasons that I won't talk about, uh, but he was friends with Dan Severn. You remember Danny Severn? Oh, yeah, yeah, early UFC. And so, and so I don't know why this just came to my mind. Oh, I know why it did. So he would say they knew each other. They were friends. And whenever he'd see Danny Severn, Danny Severn was a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And this buddy of mine was cutting weight, you know, but he was a big guy He was like whatever like 200 pounds be to cut to 190 whatever and he would call Dan Severn a pot liquor 
Meaning what? like meaning like you're you're just you're a guy that's over there, you're eating everything, and when you get done eating, you're licking, licking the, the pot. pot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I picture you with the smile you got yeah, on your face. Man, you good. are straight up pot liquor. It's you good. get to the end of that bowl, you're like, Oh, I'm getting the the rest of this mint chocolate <laughs> my, chip ice cream is getting into my belly now. My 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 kids have followed the path of my wife. And they'll come up to me when I'm eating junk food and they'll be like, Dad, you got moobs. <laughs> Dad, and they'll just grab that fat on my gut. Dang. You don't need that. Oh, they're brutal. Dang, that's kind of a psychological warfare situation. Yeah, it is. I'm surprised yeah. you're not Sometimes like I feel 84 cool. pounds. I should be, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scarred <laughs> mentally. Yeah. Actually, well, what do we say? That's the freedom part. But the thing is, you got to be on the path. Right. So like, yeah, you know how they say discipline equals freedom, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, you grab the ice cream. Yeah, You're that, like, hey. and I, I had to pull that one. Yeah, for the first time, I was at a I was at a, a little like family get together, mm-hmm. and there was a it was a birthday party for a friend of the family, blah blah blah, and there was a grandmother there, so a grandmother of one of these kids that had a birthday party, blah blah blah. So and she's a, a German woman, mm-hmm. and you know she kind of knows what's going on a little bit with the game with what's going on yeah, with everything, yeah. and so I'm sitting there and there's there's like a um, you know straight up this is rough. You know the ice cream cakes, yes. and then you can get a mint chocolate. Do chip I ice cream. know yes. the okay. ice cream so, cakes? So, so the cake is a mint chocolate chip ice cream cake. Talking to a right? fat kid. Yeah. Man. So I'm yeah, talking to a pot liquor. Yeah. So, 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 so I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna get some of that mint chocolate chip ice cream. It's got those. What, I don't even know what it is. Those little black like crumb things that yeah, they, it's they, like yeah. an Oreo or yeah, something, yeah, like something like that. Like a cake. That's Oreo. in there too. We're talking. Yeah. This is a situation needs to be. Yeah. You know. We need, we need to get in on this thing real quick. <laughs> so, and it's a little bit melted, so it's soft. So anyways, I'm cutting a piece of the cake. Not a big piece, not a small piece, but, you know, like a medium piece. Get it on my plate, stick my fork in it. And this woman, this German woman who's super cool, she's like, I thought you were about the discipline. And I was like, dang. And she called me out. And uh, I looked at her and I said, you know what? I have the discipline, and that allows me to have freedom sometimes to eat mint chocolate chip ice cream cakes which i'm about to do yeah. thank you <laughs> <Yeah. stay. laughs> well, that's what you just say this is the freedom part but like i said you got to be on the path you got to be in the game yeah, you can't just be like this is the freedom part every single day no doesn't work like doesn't that. work that way um also jocko white tea you can get that you know what it does if you're gonna start deadlifting again you you should get drink a little bit more jocko white tea because mm-hmm. it will increase your deadlift to eight thousand pounds and this is proven uh, wow proven across the board i'm on uh, it uh, yeah. everyone uh books i got some books if you want to get them extreme ownership book about leadership book about combat leadership you can get that you can get it for yourself and you can get it for your team and you can get it for above and below you in the chain of command it's gonna make your life easier when everyone's on board if you got kids or you know kids you can pick them up a book called way of the warrior kid and what that's gonna do is gonna lay out a path actually uh, yes a, a path yeah that a kid who who doesn't have a path most mm-hmm. kids don't have a path mm-hmm. the book will give them the path mm-hmm. and, and the path leads them to being stronger smarter and better so my daughter read it she loved it that is awesome and she is an individual <laughs> and she speaks her mind and I was like Chloe no really what did you think she goes I love that book 
and she came up and she wanted you to sign it yeah. and she wanted me to get her copy back at home today which <laughs> i failed so at we, we, we'll get it tomorrow or something yeah we'll okay. get it tomorrow awesome uh that's yeah i appreciate it and and yeah straight up like when you ask kids how did you like it which i always ask kids how they like it and because you know kids like you said kids are going to tell you the truth yeah oh yeah and so so far, I have not had a kid go, eh, marginal. <laughs> marginal. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Eh, marginal. Okay. You know, all right, you kind of missed the mark, but, you know, yeah, eh, yeah. We'll entertaining about that, but, you know, whatever. They should make that shit into a movie or something. Oh, they're, they're yeah. going to make it into a movie. Um, also, another book coming out, October 17th, Discipline Equals Freedom, Field Manual, that will also show you the path. Yeah. It, it's going to show you one path. The Path of Discipline. Grab that book. If you need help at your business, uh, I have a business called Echelon Front with my brother Leif Babin. And he was, we worked together in the SEAL teams, Battle of Ramadi. We took the lessons that we learned. We wrote that book, Extreme Ownership. And the reason we wrote that book, Extreme Ownership, was because we had people that we were consulting asking us to write down the lessons learned. So there it is. If you want us to come work with you, it's Leif Babin, me, JP Donnell, Dave Burke. You know who they are. Email us, info at echelonfront.com. Also, if you want to communicate with us, you can do that. We can all be found on something that we talked about earlier tonight, the interwebs. Sure. Twitter, Instagram, and that facey boy, Echo is at Echo Charles. Pete is at Origin. We talking Instagram or are we talking Twitter? Instagram, where are you at? At Origin USA. Twitter, where are you at? At Origin BJJ, as in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Awesome. I am at Jocko Willink. If you want to hit us up, you can hit us there. Echo any clothing, so- clothing, closing, clothing, clothing thoughts. We yeah, got a lot man. of clothing thoughts in here. Yeah, yeah. Closing thoughts. Nope, that's it. Pete, the man. Great to finally meet you in person. And I appreciate that. Right on. Thank you, guys. Uh, man, I'm honored to be at the table with you both. And uh, just mad respect for everything you guys do. Likewise. And just glad to be here with you. And experience this also i want to thank my wife amanda for putting up with my crazy shit and midnight ideas and allowing me the flexibility to live this life which is important in a relationship and my kids keegan and chloe uh who are the ones i work for every day day in and day out that family good things coming yeah. Well, for me, you know, I wish I would have met you 20 years ago for whatever reason I didn't. I wish I would have met you 10 years ago for whatever reason I didn't. Met you six months ago and just looking at what you've done, I'm telling you, and if, if I haven't made it perfectly clear today, what you've done to this point already is incredible. I, I, don't, I don't even... It's the, the, the possibilities of you pulling off what you've already pulled off 
is incredible. And what's what's cool is it's like when uh, when a when a space shuttle takes off, the hardest part of the journey is that first part getting breaking away from the gravity of Earth. And what you've already done, you've cleared the gravity of Earth, and now you're on track. And it's it's you know just nothing but respect for what you did. I know that you have used your hands to make this happen, your mind to make this happen, and. I just respect everything you've done so far. Talking to the team here and the attitude that they have, everybody has that attitude. And and just for me to come in and be a part of that is just outstanding. I look forward to being a part of this team. I look forward to getting to know the team when I can come up here, which is hard. But to see the people on this team is is, is phenomenal and I can't wait to see where it goes. So thanks for coming on. And uh, this is guaranteed to not be the last time. Uh, And of course, to the military folks overseas right now, thanks for allowing us to make this podcast. We could not make this podcast without your service and sacrifice to the police and all law enforcement to firefighters, EMTs, and other first responders. Again, you allow us to make this podcast, and we are thankful for it. And finally, and of course, to the working class of America, thanks for doing what you do day after day, working, sweating, bleeding, building calluses while you build our great country. Thank you for holding the line. And thank you for getting after it. So until next time, this is Pete Roberts and Echo. And Jocko. Out.